Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome everyone to a special edition of The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined by the still patient, Joel Holbert. Joe, how are you today? I'm good. I'm a little bit concerned. I'm currently ticking off the topics we have just discussed in our pre-podcast edition of The Distraction that no one will ever see. And we knew no one was seeing it, and we continued on nonetheless. So, But I'm excited. Big show today. Jeremy, this is a very big show. This is our WrestleMania, right? our Wrestle Kingdom, if you will. This is our Wrestle Kingdom and WrestleMania. They were both two nights. Um, yes. We've got we've got two guests today. Part one, guest one, the esteemed gentleman Jack Crosby from <laughs> CBS Sports. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Gentlemen, it's nice to finally be invited on this show. I, I try all the time, and Joe usually just tells me to screw up. You've got heat with but Joe. The, I don't know why this, this started, time I, but you've got heat he, with he, him. The John Cena slander. That, there's, yes. no, there's no need for it. Yet he continually floods my timeline with that toxicity yeah. that is the John Cena slander, and I just I can't have it. I won't have it. I tried yeah, to set I mean, him straight on Tuesday when we reviewed playing last Tuesday when we reviewed playing with fire, and I tried to tell him just how much John Cena is the. We talked about it off air. Joe's like, "Oh, I miss John Cena," and when he would just get people fired for no reason, and now. <laughs> That doesn't happen in wrestling anymore. This is why we need John Cena back. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. That sets a dangerous precedent for this podcast. I will not continue. Okay? You're correct. I may have said that in some words or another. Anyway, I want to get this John Cena thing out of the way because I had forgotten about it and had talks about everything else but John Cena. Um, I like John Cena. Okay? I do not like the fact that now everyone likes him because that means that I have no choice but to start disliking him. This is the way it works. This is the way social media works. I don't like the fact that we all decided we love the man now. Why can't we go back to the split deal? That was much more fun. You know, let's go Cena. Cena sucks. Everyone loves the man now. It's lame. Well, People change, I, Joe. Yeah, like people evolve. <laughs> yeah, Look at like, people like John Cena fans evolved with his hair. Yes. <laughs> that's what, that's it, like evolution is inevitable. It's also okay. a mystery. <laughs> I, want, I want to do this as a topic, and this is the easiest wrestling chat, I think. And it's going to lead us down so many things outside of what I asked you. I'm going to just throw it out there. 
you know, you always see these lame Mount Rushmore deals and people, you know, they make an absolute mess of them. They start throwing people <laughs> on, they just lie. In all seriousness, when I say like that question, Mount Rushmore wrestling, how easily is Cena on your on your answer, or is he not at all? That's my genuine question here. WWE or professional wrestling? Yeah, that's the correct question. Back to that's um, yeah. <laughs> See, that, that's my when people do that though too because they're very vague. Yes. And because there is it like WWE, absolutely not. John Cena, it's not on there. No, he's yeah. not. Um, WWE, I think I think he can't leave him out though. Yeah, I mean WWE is really with a guy like him. That's his work is literally just in that world. I guess that's the only way you can grade him, right? He's in that four, and the other three are Rock, Austin, Hogan. We all agreed there. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I, I get that people just like they have to break down everything. Hulk Hogan, shitty person. Hulk yes. Hogan built that company. Yes, like both of those things could be true. Yes, he's and, not banned from the reality. I want to yeah. make it clear. Is he not? not? Why haven't no, we banned Hulk not. Hogan? Can we at least ban we Linda? Ban- can we, we can ban Nick. <laughs> we can yes. ban Nick Hogan. We can, look, we can ban... I just want to make it clear that in our search for interviews, now that we're branching out, we're bringing on <laughs> esteemed guests like this, I want a Hulk on the board. He see, I don't know what he is at with podcasts, you know? I've already said I want The Undertaker on it to talk about The Last Ride. He hasn't done enough interviews. So I would like... <laughs> To get, I'd also like. Well, to get uh, you're, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna love this. I mean, not, not me, but Brian Campbell. We, we have an Undertaker interview coming. Oh my goodness! Uh, really? Brian, Brian Gosh, interviewed Jack. Taker today for us at CBS Sports. So we are, we are on the board. Tell him to send oh, over the quotes so I can run the article. And yeah. actually, by the time this comes out, the article might already have been run. Um, tell him to send it over so i can do the article Uh, we need to what we really need to do joe is we got to scoop sean on the sting interview he's been pushing for this sting interview and i think if we get it first that would be a a feather in our cap sean would fire both your asses (laughs) i'm very angry at you jeremy and jack you may fall into this same crime i'm not sure yet oh no what was the deal with with people not liking this sting thing it was tremendous. What did you guys want? I don't know if you, I'm talking to Jeremy here. Jeremy, what did you want from this Sting thing? You got him painting his face. It ruled. What was your issue? What did you, did you watch this, Jack? Did you watch the I, you lost know, tape of Sting? Wow, great. You know, it, it's this is awesome. That I did two nights ago randomly. I was looking for something yes. to watch. I saw it on my Twitter, ad, advertised my Twitter timeline. So I said, oh, I'll turn that on really quick. How Well, the first thing I thought was, how much more of that WCW footage are they sitting on like that? I didn't know they did that back then. Yes. Yeah. Like, how much yeah. more are they sitting on there? My fear is that that, that being released that way suggests they have none other at all. <laughs> because it was, like, the footage of um, Pillman and Vader doing like the talking head thing was the best part of it. Obviously, the savage stuff. But Vader just first... talking earnestly was great, I thought. Like, the first, one of the first things I thought was, now, hold on. Do you bastards have footage of Arn Anderson stabbing Sid Vicious in the hotel? <laughs> were there? Were, were you traveling? Were, were you hauling cameras around when that happened? I bet you were. You got it in the vault somewhere. I want to see it. Oh, well, this vault deal is fascinating to me. I want to know who whose job it is to be like. Anyone thought about releasing that Sting 15 minutes from 25 <laughs> years ago? And they're like, what pay-per-view? Oh, the one where you had that totally inconsequential pay-per-view match with Big Bubba. Well, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, we'll do I, that. It's I so also... weird. I also think they're shady. You guys want to know a conspiracy theory I have? And I will Uh-oh. not. I swear I will. They've had the Tom McGee tape all along. Oh, no. You cannot tell me they did not have a copy of that. They had it, and they sat on it. But then somebody had a brain and said, look, man, people really care about this. 
Let, I'm t- so they undercut Tom Rad, Conrad is what you're saying because Conrad oh, is gonna do this at Starcast, and then like the, the, the week after Tom- the announcement, they're like, "Hey, we got the actual tape here." I'm telling you, <laughs> they've had that tape all along, and because like you know pre-internet, pre-Twitter stuff, like I remember hearing about it before Twitter. I I, I remember reading about it, hearing about it. And being like, oh, that's a pretty neat story. But then, you know, just like anything else on the internet, it starts to gain traction. And pr- probably to undercut Conrad. Yes. They said, all right, here, watch this. And I'm, know, I'm appreciative, but they're they're hiding some shit in, the, in Stanford, Connecticut, man. And I'm, t- I'm only two and a half hours away. One of these days, I'm just going to get aggravated, drive up there and say, let me in. Okay, I've got to say this because this is a, I mean, it's a hot take. That whole thing for me was one of the least interesting things that has ever been deemed interesting by wrestling. I, sure. I'm a Brit guy, and I was watching it like, sure, man, but sure, cool, whatever. I had nothing taken away from this. Maybe Jeremy, did, did you like it, Jer? The, the lost tape with Tom McGee. I didn't know the big deal about it, but I'm not this huge history buff with all this stuff. Um, the the Sting tape, I thought it was, it was 15 well, that's minutes. What I yeah, the Sting tape, it was 15 minutes of him painting his face. Look, I dressed this Sting awesome. for Halloween when I was like eight or nine. I know how long it takes to do the face paint, okay? I get it. I yes. don't need to see him actually do this. Yeah, I just, it was so fun to have WCW content that wasn't made purely to be like, how'd they mess this one up, huh? <laughs> like, it was just, I just had a chance to just like enjoy WCW stuff. For a while. That, no, that's that was the underlying theme of this whole thing of like, look, they had this huge star and sting, and then what'd they do with them? No. What happened? No. That was the hey, underlying shot hey, of hey, this hey, whole hey, show. Hey, this all calm down. Now, have you both seen the Monday Night Wars series they made? The, uh, you know, the big yes. like, propaganda war piece? Oh, yeah. yeah, two, yeah. two, three times over. Yeah, so I've just started the rewatch of this, and I am in awe of the fact that the NWO episode, which is an hour long, even that is not an hour of just NWO. The last 10 minutes of them being like, then we learned in the DX, come at us. You know, like it was like, they just could never let us win a, a moment. It's not even an episode of victory in that show. It's just terrible. Like, it makes me very mad. Well, they no, didn't either. win a moment. They lost. So why should, that shouldn't be forgotten, Joe. The losers should not be forgotten that they are losers. I disagree, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like a lot of that WWE content is great that they put out, but you're yeah. right. When you sit back and think about it, you're like, there's a lot of holes here. Yes. You're leaving yeah. a lot of shit out here. This doesn't make it's, sense. The ruthless aggression one is, is great. I didn't like it. I they, didn't like it. Well, I say great in that just the oh, gaps my. they don't fill on that show. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is what this is why we had to do this here. Like we didn't really have a choice on the matter here. And it's like, wait, no, you could have done this way differently. You chose not to, and then you painted yourself into this. I can't wait for the the Monday night or the Wednesday night wars in, in twenty years from now. With like Papa Paul, Uncle Sean, man, the way they decimated AEW like that, did they just had to. We had to send Finn Balor down there. We had to send Charlotte down there. Didn't really have a choice on this. Had to do Survivor Series. See, you could watch that, Bubba. You watch that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joe and I are going to go to the AEW network in <laughs> yes. the future, and yes. we're going to watch the rise and fall of NXT. 100%. And we're going to talk about stuff about how the Charlotte Flair NXT champion experiment was a failed one we are not going to disrespect the queen on this program 
I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to go a step We're not going to watch it yet. We're going to no. be on the show. Talking heads on the program, <laughs> laughing about our victory. That's what we're going to do. We're, but that, that ruthless aggression thing, though. But my biggest problem with it was that it was too freaking soon. But it's yeah. a problem we have, though. And, like, it's, it's just we want to. It's a good comparison is what WWE is doing right now, what we feared with the cinematic stuff. Yeah. We said they're going to get praise for it. But what's going to happen is they're going to take that praise and they're going to run it into the ground. Mm-hmm. All right. Boneyard and Firefly Funhouse, fantastic. Terrific. Good job. Move along. And so now they're like, no, we're going to toy a little with money in the bank. All right. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> then, oh, no, this was previously. Like, the Gargano Champa deal was horrible. Terrible. I don't know. I don't no, know we don't talk about NXT. Nope. Nope. We don't for, for topic purposes, I got to bring it up. Like, that was terrible. But yes. they did it anyway. Then, you had the money in the bank, which I was like, ugh, all right. But, like, what reason is there to film for over, what what was it, 15, 16 hours? Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. What'd what do you think purpose? of that match, Jack? <laughs> what match? Adam Cole against Velveteen Dream. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't watched it yet? It was on this past Sunday on NXT in your house. Wait, what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I forgot we were taping a week. Pre-type distraction. Yeah. That was... That was that, the, was, the, that was peak. Every time I do that with Joe, like, oh yeah, when we do pre-tapes, it's like... How many times do you get them? <laughs> oh no, Joe Joe is a professional. Joe see, is like... Right, see, if, I, if I'm with you guys a little more, if, you're like, if, I'm, if I'm lucky enough to be had back after this, <laughs> I'll get used to it. That was good. I was, I was legit confused. I'm like, what the hell? What kind of joke is he trying to get off here? Joe Joe comes up with the most rant. Joe is always like, Alexa beat Brock on Raw. I cannot believe that this is what happened. He's like, big show, Jeremy. Also, so we were doing a, uh, this is going to come out. I'm spoiling this now, but who cares? It's for the, you know, we're having fun here, guys, okay? Um, we were doing the CEW series. And it's going to come out in months. And I was like, he goes to me at the end. What about what happened this week? And I'm like, yeah. That Alexa Okada 30-minute draw in G1 was incredible. And even I was like, Jesus, that was a that may have been a step far. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. That got me. But but yeah, but it, it, it's it's still true though. Like the, we knew WWE was gonna do this and they're doing it right before our very eyes. Like there's no reason whatsoever. Now, we we still have time, but are they gonna do something at Backlash? Are they gonna? Yeah, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I really uh, like, oh, are, wait. Are... Do I need to pitch my my street racers? <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> okay. You can. So here's my pitch, Jack. It's gonna be the Street Profits against the Viking Raiders. That's gonna be the cinematic match, and they're gonna do a street race, and it's just full Fast and Furious, and that's how they settle who the best tag team is. The raw tag team but, titles are on the line. And when the Viking Raiders lose, they put the Viking, they put their Viking heritage on the line and they lose. <laughs> and then they become fueled by this, that they've lost this street race, that they work to become like professional street racers. You, you call them the, you actually call them the street racers and they wear leather jackets. Cause you gotta have the leather jackets. So that's the cinematic match. Joe has had to hear this pitch two times in like the I, last I, hour. I like the pitch, but 
here's here here's my here's my hole I'm gonna poke into the storyline there. If you do that, don't you have to aren't you obligated actually to pony up the money and bring Dwayne home for a night? Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. You you, you gotta, gotta get Dwayne, you gotta get Vin Diesel, uh Did Tyrese, all these Did guys. Friggin' Mark Carano or somebody <laughs> calling up Brock and going, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> well, you know, we know you're not filming any movies right now, and that kind of sucks, but you want to come to Orlando? For what? <laughs> and then you just give your whole pitch. You just give... <laughs> By the way, I have an update. I have an update on The Rock. Jeremy, I have an update on The Rock. She's very important. About a month ago, Jeremy asked me if I had seen <laughs> Titan Games. And yes. I can confirm I am now a Titan Games aficionado. Oh, wow. I have been... I think this is the leading evidence that The Rock may have lost his mind because he seems to, <laughs> at one point in this program, he says the most important athletic contest ever aired on television. And he's not doing a bit here. He's all in on the Titan Games. This I thought, well, somebody needs to tell him. I thought that was, I thought that was Okada Omega 4. Yes, yeah, so do I. I know, he's, he's a little bit out of the loop on that one. He's observed uh, a subscription. Uh, watch the product, but, Wayne. By the way, we were talking about... Um, Taker a minute ago because you you know big time you got the interview we missed out on that you said you know only so much you can talk about it, unfortunately but you know, anyway are you are we just all right and Taker off of the WWF Mount Rushmore is he just well, not on it he's not on it I I know I, if anybody's offended by that he's not on it yeah he's not it's only it, four it's, spots uh, I'm gonna, I, uh, I'm is he your fifth I think Who's I think the there's fifth? an argument that even though he's the most famous wrestler ever now. There's an argument Rock falls off the list. I'm saying it now. I just, I when it comes to, look, see, this is where people fail to differentiate. Like, when it comes to WWE slash WWF, I'm a guy that goes to that argument of who put butts in the seats. Yes. Who sold the tickets. I know it sounds cliche, but in the case of a, a company that prides itself on entertainment, I'm the guy that says, all right, then, if we want to talk top guys, Whose name on the marquee put asses in the seats? Mm-hmm. Takers really didn't. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I just, I wonder if you could poke holes in the importance of rock. Oh. Could you do that? Because he, let's be honest, he becomes like a transcendent star after yeah. they've got the ball rolling downhill with Austin. Yeah. That's it's, the thing. And also, like, and we, we, we will probably never see this again in wrestling. Like, I know you say never say never, but there's a good chance you, you do never see this again. Two top alpha male stars in professional wrestling at yeah. the same time in Steve and rock. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah. that's absurd. And think of all the way back to the Luthezes and the buddy, like there was always just one guy, mm-hmm. but two guys like that. Yeah. I don't, you'll never see that again. They were so great that they convinced people triple H is an actual <laughs> <laughs> One of the all-time feats in professional wrestling. They, they, they and Mick Foley. Yes, yes. Rock, Austin, and Foley convinced people that Triple H, that so, yeah, because hey, you know, guys, there are people out there who, when you say WWE Mount Rushmore, they're yeah. gonna put Paul Levesque on there. And now, do I want to smash my phone off a wall when I see that? <laughs> sure. But the fact is, it exists. Who? The thing is with Triple H, it's a middle ground. I'm not one of these people that's like. Don't lie. Anything Triple H. No, no I'm not honest. <laughs> I, I, there's moments Triple H is great in the ring. The promos I can always kind of miss, to be honest. I've, I've never needed that. But I do find it interesting that they have managed to put him into this extra conversation of, like, the titans of the industry. It's amazing to me. 
who yeah, is it, Mount it, Rushmore like WWE workers? You can only take their WWE career. So like Flair, okay. Steamboat series like doesn't that, count. Like, Even like, like AJ's old stuff doesn't count. Shit, perfect. Mm. Brett's in there. Brett's in there. Yeah, Brett's in there. Sean has to. I'm not a Sean guy, but he's hundred percent on that list. He I got it. I got to put Henning. I got to put Kurt Henning on there. I'm trying to. This is the only thing. I'm trying to think about. Brian's a no-brainer too. Yeah, I think. Brian, see, I think Brian is there as well. His WWE work is obviously great, but his work outside of WWE is just so much better. That see, well, I mean, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but I mean, I've said it on when when CBS used to have the podcast, and I I do get some. I in my belief, like just like my criteria. I believe that Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, is the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Okay, I, I want to get I, this. Is, yeah, I'm, I, I like this topic. I, I really like this topic. I when all my criteria, Brian Danielson, and all the wrestling I've watched in over thirty, he's the greatest of all time. The guy can do it all without okay. fail. It's insane. I am absolutely not going to disagree with that comment. I actually think he's. It's almost more insulting to have him out of the top group at this point than it is a hot take to him at one. That's how great he is. He's extraordinary. Hey, hey, he changed he, wrestling. He had, yeah, he had, think about this. Like when you really think about this for a second, he had an entire WrestleMania built around him. Yes. When are you going to see that again? Yeah. It's, when is that going to happen? Now here's my question. Roman reigns you... every single year for the past <laughs> five years. <laughs> here's the question. Cause I, I like this. I like this a lot more than the Mount Rushmore. So thank you, Jeff, for giving us a good topic. Okay. Like, when you say greatest, how much are you weighing in promo? Because I'm not saying he can't promo. He's a very good promo. I'm just wondering for you how much the whole package is involved. In. He's good. At, he's good enough to have me. Well, uh, I agree. Like, like obviously Brian's not a Brian's not a Dwayne Johnson world beater type. You know, yeah. He, he's he's not. But he always gets the job done in in an effective manner. Here's and, my one with this. I think I think the guy I'm about to name is not as great as Daniel Bryan. So this is not a list thing. But if you said to me I could watch one of their matches, I would take this other name. I think it's time to start putting AJ Styles in yes. this competition. I, I, I'm not going to fight you on that. Because I think this is such a strange thing to say, so I know it sounds insane, but I think Brian is greater than AJ. In that I think he's brain. He's smarter in some ways, subtle-wise. You know, subtlety. Like, he can do certain things without, you know, without being kind of flashy. Yeah. But... I've been watching so many old matches as of late, and I've got to say, there is no one ever in the history of professional wrestling that I enjoy watching belt to belt like AJ. He's just everything I love about wrestling. I, 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 I just tweeted it the other night, I think, and I actually, I before I tweeted it, I told I, I, my wife was watching with me, and I turned to her and I said this. I said you, because she didn't. She, before she met me, we've been together about four years. I mean, she she watched a little WWE, but I like since mm-hmm. she's been with me, I've taught her a lot. Because she is interested about stuff yes. outside of WWE. And I told her, I said, honey, I said, you have to realize something. It was impossible at one point that AJ Styles was ever going to make it to WWE. Mm-hmm. He was not going to be a member. And then it was, all right, if he does, though, maybe our U.S. title reign. Yes. Job to a few guys. AJ Styles came in in 2016 and basically said, watch this. Yeah. And AJ Styles not only took all of that all those theories about how he was never going to work or if he did, it, it was just going to work a little bit. Two-time WWE champion. Um, might be the Intercontinental champion right now. I don't know. 
<laughs> but he, he, might, he might not be. <laughs> he, he, might, he might, might not be. Um, <laughs> at the time of the recording, but um, it, he blew the doors off the place to the point where Vince McMahon is loyal to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I never thought like we didn't. Th- don't forget, like guys, you know, we at one time we thought Vince McMahon would look at AJ Styles up and they go, "Well, like, what's this guy? Yeah. What value is is he to me?" Well, he, he couldn't. But look at him. Like he's yeah. no value to me. Instead, yeah. it's the exact opposite. Yeah, and also it wasn't a like movement thing where no. bad booking. Like he legitimately, you can tell that the office WWE was just like, yeah, he's top guy. <laughs> like he's an absolute top guy. We're making him a top guy. Because that I speaks think, a lot to how great he is. I, it I really think, does. I think people forget. Don't forget, AJ comes into the company at the Rumble, and at WrestleMania they make that piss poor decision to have Jericho beat him clean. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, like, and that's where we thought. That's where you kind of thought it started. You began to think, all right, well, here we go. Here's what here they're going to do with AJ. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Here's yeah. a, but no, by the end of the year, he was a WWE champion. We're going, what the hell's going on here? And yeah. ever since then, he's just been the, a top consistent. I say the same thing about Kevin Owens, too. He's yeah. a guy I, I just, as as much as I root for AJ, I probably root for Kevin tenfold because there was a guy I mm-hmm. used to watch a Ring of Honor and I saw all the jokes. And he'll never make it. He'll never be this. And he's again, he's one of the consistent top performers in that company. Guy comes in, beats John Cena clean. Yeah, no, I understand. It's I think that needs to be counted into it when you talk about this stuff because there is a that context will be lost in history, won't it? A little bit, you know. Like people just look at as crazy as this sounds, guys. Eventually, AJ is going to be looked at as just a WWE legend. Like that's just a thing that's going to be. It's It's nuts, man. Because he's going to work there forever now. You know for a fact he's going to be an agent, trainer. Yeah. He's not going to be the kind of guy that leaves, I don't think. So it's just, I was watching Saichi's New Japan stuff recently, and I was honestly sitting there watching it. I was thinking, I'm not saying on like a spreadsheet way where it's like every match is six stars, but just watching him, he is like top, top tier to me, like clearly. It was, that Japan run for AJ where... He he came over. He, he took over for Fergal in Bullet Club immediately, and then wins the IWGP title in his first match. Yeah, it, it, there was like, it, I think that was a point in his life and career where I think AJ found himself because mm-hmm. he put up with the TNA bullshit for how long? Too I, long. <laughs> he goes over to Japan, and you know Gato and those guys just tell him, "Hey, man, just let it loose." Yeah, and AJ's like, "Really?" Just let it loose, dude. That's all you got to do. No one's going to just get in there with it, but just go. And it mm-hmm. was like you started to see this next evolution of AJ Styles that we have today that I think actually helped his confidence in WWE. I think, and I've said this before, if AJ Styles had went from TNA to WWE, it would have been difficult, I think. Oh, I agree, yeah. But the, Jap- the, the New Japan run, gave him the confidence to come into WWE and say, I'm going to own this place. Watch. Yes. He felt he carried himself like a star because he'd just been a star. That's that is it. Right. Like as much as whatever team I try to do with him, the confidence he had when he was, especially because they put him with, he got so comfortable with the bullet club guys that he was allowed to just be himself. Yeah. It yeah. just, it changed him. I'm, I'm 100% with you. I just think, I think perhaps what Omega did afterwards has maybe taken the shine off of that a little bit because it's like we've seen great like no look I'm an AJ guy over Omega every time I just am 
Yeah. But I think to the general, uh, I don't like the phrase smart fan, but the one, you know, the fan that watches New Japan, it's like, well, yeah, AJ, great matches with Tanahashi and Okada. The what Omega did with them. <laughs> They're different types of matches, I get that. But I just think it's important to remember how important that like, run was. It was game changer for him. You mentioned Tanahashi. Where does Tanahashi rank, and even Okada, oh. rank in just an all time in ring thing? Because everyone who's worked with Tanahashi, even yeah. over Okada, they're like, Tanahashi is so smart. Maybe I, he's not as I, crisp, as smooth as Okada, but just the way he reads the room, he is so he, smart in the ring. You know, we, we, we guys right now are sitting, and, and, you know, some people might lie about, like, I, I've been watching Japanese wrestling a long time, right? whether it was through tapes I could find or yes. YouTube videos. There are literally people who will call themselves Japanese wrestling fans. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, mm-hmm. but from what, like 2015? Guys, yeah. when Bullet Club really started, 2015, they've only been watching New Japan Pro Wrestling for like five years. Yes. This is this is me. I don't know if it's Jeremy, this is me. You're that, describing yeah, me. I have not it's, been watching it, New Japan. I've okay, gone back and rewatched stuff, but, but I haven't watched what, like live. What people don't realize about the greatness of Hiroshi Tanahashi is that New Japan Pro Wrestling was in the grave. Yes. And he single-handedly not only revived it, because Antonio Inoki... Legend, again, we're like we're, we're talking top ten. Like Anoki's in there, what the mm-hmm. guy's done in the wrestling business, but he damaged that company so badly when he tried to turn it into a hybrid MMA pro wrestling thing, mm-hmm. and it, it, it the everyone hated it. Yet he kept trying, he kept pushing the issue. Along comes Hiroshi Tanahashi, who just again just picked it up by himself. Like he said, we don't have New Japan Pro Wrestling today if it's not for Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yes. Yeah. It's just that and simple. The thing that's really interesting about Tanahashi is that stylistically, there is few wrestlers ever that have an identity like he does. Like he was very bold in the way that he chose yes. to wrestle. Like he, tra- I mean, I don't always love the modern Okada main event where it's like, you could sit on your phone for 20 minutes and miss no detail. And I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit. No, I'm, I'm not okay right, with that. It's the truth. Like some of the matches with Sonata for a perfect example, right? You could just, you could walk in and be like, yeah, great match. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it is. But Tanahashi is like the father of that style because he give Okada the, the, the framework of that kind of epic finish yeah. and stretch deal. And I've got to be honest. Like you say to me, just my personal opinion, you said, Brian, I've said AJ, and then you just mentioned Tanahashi. Those three, for me, are like... I'm not sure I have anyone as great as those guys. I really, Tanahashi, the way that he can get over, his moveset is so simple. It's so simple and basic. And as you said, the execution isn't even perfect always. He gets all of it over. He's all just right. a genius. I, I mean, I, maybe you guys disagree, but I think the greatness of Hiroshi Tanahashi is really on full display in that Jericho match. Yes, yes, 100%. And I think Chris Jericho, I mean, maybe he, but I think Chris Jericho can't would tell you the same thing. Like, that dude mm-hmm. is on another level. Like, I know Jericho, but like, Hiroshi, that match he pulled out of Jericho, well, pulled out of Jericho. That's bad. That's bad term because, like, Jericho still, but just the match they were able to have. Like, Tanahashi was such a big part of making that probably Jericho's best match of his little New Japan run he's, yeah, he's well, been on. The thing is, is you remember the Jericho New Japan thing. There's been a lot of, like, smoke and mirrors. And I'm not, you know, again, we all know how great Jericho is, but it's hard, man. At the point he's in his career, it's hard to just throw yourself into New Japan. There's been some weapons and some gimmicks used. Well, yeah, he's self-aware enough, yes. Jericho, to know that 
you know, we love we and uh, us three and um, other people that take to New Japan. We take to New Japan because, you know, even though AEW says we're more sport than WWE, and yeah, you're really no, you're not. You're a national <laughs> TV show. You're not AEW. Stop, stop trying to do that. New Japan Pro Wrestling is the like legit sport mm. type of pro wrestling. That's yeah. where we're gonna go for that. When we want to watch something like that, we're gonna wake our asses up at five o'clock in the morning here in the United States. And we're gonna watch it when we yeah. want it. Well, I mean, Tanahashi, you said the Jericho match. Like, the best credit to him. How much better was his match with Jericho than Okada's? Right? Let's be fair. Like Okada's match with Jericho yeah. missed to yeah. me. It missed to me anyway. Jeremy, I don't know what you think, but yeah, like the Okada Jericho, like the names on the marquee were good. Yeah. Like I don't Okada even Jericho. remember Okada it, Jericho. <laughs> like, I think that's my opinion on it is I didn't recall that they, I was like, oh yeah, Jericho worked with Naito. He worked with uh, Omega. Oh, I get, sure. He worked with Okada. Sure. Why not? It was at uh, Dominion. Yeah. yeah so and that, that set up the Tanahashi match. Cause I remember I, I was against that as a fan. Mm-hmm. I, I, Cause Dominion is like their SummerSlam, you know, their yeah. second biggest show of the year. And Chris Jericho was getting an IWGP title shot. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who. It wasn't Naito. But there was somebody else more deserving that just kind of got, like, shoved to the side so they could throw the Okada-Jericho match together. But, no, it wasn't It wasn't good at all. <laughs> it kind of – it sounds like I'm criticizing Okada. I don't want to be clear. I think Okada is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. I love the man. I'm just – you know, we're talking about greatness. And when you get that deep in it, you have to nitpick a little I thought the Jericho match exposed a little bit like that formula he has is reliant on certain things that you can't always pull out, guys. And I think Tanahashi is better at simplifying matches. Well, do, do you mind if I pose a question to you guys now? Yeah, sure. Something that I, I'm really curious since we're talking about him. Um, when does, or if, if ever, when does Okada look at New Japan and say, there's nothing more I can do here. I got to go. And where does he go? He, TNA redemption story. That's the only oh, way Jesus you can Christ. do it. I knew one of you guys. That's the only way what? you can do it. Look, that's the surprise for Slammiversary. I'm going to spoil it now. <laughs> They're not getting the WWE releases. They are bringing in Okada for the redemption story for Slammiversary. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I think it was when, uh, when Naito beat him back at Wrestle Kingdom, you know, what, what's Okada's like 32, 33. Yeah. Yeah, he's still young. Yeah. So, I, but I think, and I'm like, all right, so we got Naito's, his proper championship run. This is great. This is cool. And I'm looking at Okada and I'm like, I'm thinking of all the greatness I've seen of him from yeah. the last six, seven years in that place. And I'm like, but what more is there for this guy to do? And then, of course, your mind starts to think, well, now you got two options in the United States. Then maybe you got a guy like Nakamura, maybe kind of, hey, come surf with me over here in WWE. <laughs> like, it's cool, man. I just go to work every once in a while. It's not that bad, really. Here's I, the thing. I punch people in I the dick, this... get paid a lot of money. It's good, good paycheck. <laughs> Here, here's where I don't think that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't because I just... I don't want to sound like the anti-WWE guy, especially on this podcast. That would be a... Wait, wait. <laughs> just, just, just to clarify, though, are you, are, are you saying that you don't think Okada should ever leave New Japan or ever go to WWE? I think the first. I, I, I think... Here's the deal. This is the key to this, right? I, I think 
if New Japan was just going to stay as it is and it's just going to be like, you know, we'll draw good houses in Japan, good ratings, fine, Okada's, you know, that may get tiresome him, but I think he's really inspired by the expansion deal they're doing. And the truth is, he has to be the guy to do that expansion. Naito's not going to be that guy. You know, like, physically, it's not him. And I I remember seeing um, Okada, he wrestled Suzuki here in London, okay? And it was like, looking at him, you could see the excitement in him of, like, they've done it, man. I mean, only a few years ago, I see him wrestling in front of 400 people in England, and now they're in, like, a sold-out arena. Yeah. To me, while they're making progress, while they're doing MSG, while they're doing this stuff, I think he sees it as incomplete. Now, that doesn't mean that when he gets to 37, 38, he does a Shinsuke run. If he wants to do that at that point, I'll be like, go, man, have fun, <laughs> you know? Like, Because that's the thing, people forget, Shinsuke, he had become popular in, to American fans and, like, you know, British fans, whatever, for the last couple of years of his New Japan run. But he'd been working hard for a long time. It was time for him to check out and get his money, I guess, right? Rin Narita and Shooter Umino are going to push Okada out. Okada's yeah. going to realize that I can't go with these young guys anymore. Just don't, I'm not busting my ass in the G1 every single year to do these matches. Go to WWE, surf with Nakamura, sure, whoever's over there at the time. Just collect the paycheck and, and live the life. I think if there's, if there's going to be any opening to properly bring Okada into the United States. Do, do the three of us agree that we are eventually going to hit a time where there's AEW world champion Kenny Omega, right? Yes. Yeah. We're we're going we're going to hit that point. To get there, Kenny's going to have to go on a roll. Like yeah. Kenny's going to have to turn into Kenny again, not the mm-hmm. video game dork. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny. I hate I guys. I'm sorry. If, I don't know if what what your listeners think or anything. I I can't that version of Kenny Omega. I'm glad AEW right now is starting to like kind of maybe push him away from that. But mm-hmm. when we hit that point of Kenny Omega, AEW world champion, that's when you got to make a push. Cause again, it's, it'll just be easy to um, start the narrative of who could stop Kenny. No one could stop Kenny. Kenny's on a roll. Who's the one person you bring in to get a massive pop from the AEW fans. Number one and wow. legitimately fits the story of, I can stop this bastard easy. I've done it before. Kota Ibushi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, sure. Well, that works too. But I... Yeah, I, I don't know if they're ever going to get Kota Ibushi, but I think Okada is more likely to honestly go to AEW than he is yeah. WWE. Assuming AEW is still around and you guys are watching the network and you're the talking heads <laughs> on the program, uh, it seems like it's a more likely fit there. He'll have ties. I mean, yeah. he'll probably have ties everywhere, but it seemed like it'll be a better fit. But it all depends on Okada's mindset. Like, how is he feeling in five years? Like, if Nakamura, let's say his deal's up now and he can go to AEW, like, is he going to AEW? Is he still just going to WWE and just working that schedule instead? You have to remember there is like a. There's an allure to WWE in the sense of if you make it there, it's like, we just did it with AJ, right? We're not WWE guys by any means. And we all just did the thing of like, the ultimate compliment to AJ is the WWE yeah. guys said, yeah. he's top guy. Yeah. So, okay to go in and being a top guy in AW would be like, sure. Like, you walked in a top guy to them. They, you know, they know how great you are. I would be very fearful of what would happen to that poor man if he ended up on <laughs> Friday Night Smackdown. But I, again, you're, you guys are right. Whatever's best for him, but come on, I the Rainmaker against the King? That's not that's I a... would love here's what I would love, okay? <laughs> I would love Alton and Okada 
I would watch that match, and I would by the end of it, I'd say, best thing I've ever seen. I'd go on Twitter, and I'd be like, three stars, three and a quarter. Two and three quarters. I'd be like, well, that's always happens with all the matches. There's some fun matches. I just don't know. You know, I don't know if it happened. Joe is so excited for the eventual Ziggler and Okada <laughs> match. Just cannot yeah, wait oh, for this God. match. <laughs> yes, he would I take can't. the greatest rainmaker. He would take the greatest rainmaker. <laughs> well, uh, all right. You know what? When you put it that way. Now, yeah. wait. I changed my mind. Now that I heard that. Because, yeah, Z- Ziggler taking a rainmaker. A proper rainmaker. <laughs> just one where, like, the wind-up is perfect. The yeah. spin, just all of it is perfect. He'll die. He'll do like three rotations and just land on his head somehow. That would be the greatest moment in Nick Nemeth's life. <laughs> like that would be his, it's go time. Yes. He, oh, like you'd be able to pause, you'd be able to pause the the show and see the smile on his face. Yes, you would. I love, this is where I actually have immense respect for him. And seriously, I'm not doing a bit here. Watching him take that Goldberg deal and be like, <laughs> I am going to steal this segment by the way I take his spear was peak him. Yeah, like, it was the best old thing ever. Because, number one, it was so random to begin with that we got yes. freaking Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. And, like, you're going to do it at SummerSlam? Like, yes. how cracked out are you people? Well, <laughs> uh, but yeah, when he took that spear, I, I think I jumped off the couch. Because, like, I'm like, that son of a bitch did this on purpose. Yes, he, he's just, I mean, he's a very, um, you talk about place in history, Dolph is going to be an all-time complex deal. Because, like, oh, man, he's been around so long that people are convinced he's just a terrible wrestler. It's not the case, but, man, is he a tough one to kind of gauge, right? He's just been stuck for so long. Uh, Ziggler, it, it's like, look, I don't, I don't hate the guy as much as a lot of people on the internet do. I really don't. <laughs> I, I think there's a place for him. There's there's places for him. Sometimes WWE does misplace him. Yes, a, a lot actually. Actually, most of the time they yes. misplace Dolph Ziggler. Sorry, but the guy's not as terrible as some people no. say. And I, I do think that there were some legitimate missed opportunities to to really give him a world title run, not the Money in the Bank one that was just mm-hmm. the pop, and then what? Well, he gets a concussion, and they take it off him. Yeah, but, yeah. Ugh. What's interesting about him is, he's like ten years ago, he was the workhorse guy, right? Because yeah. they didn't have any of the, they hadn't signed the indie guys then. They got, they had Brian, I think. You know, Punk obviously was there long before, but they wasn't signing everyone, was they? At that time, 2010, 2011. Um, and then when that happened, now we're at a point where Dolph is one of the personalities on TV. Like he's one of the guys they go to and like, yeah, you can do the soap opera. Yeah, it's so weird how the like... roster has changed. You could point to how many bad Dolph Ziggler moments. Yet, yes. an all-time moment in this company in probably the last decade was him standing across from Shawn Michaels when Shawn told him, you're nothing more than a second-rate Shawn Michaels. People are right. <laughs> that was such a... I, when I say I popped when Shawn said that to his face... One of the worst was, days of my life. That <laughs> <laughs> was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I hate anything... That you know that's my timeline in Shawn Michaels praise is the worst. I hate get <laughs> Go, rid of it. Guys, how how bad did he look on Raw? What yeah, is mean, wrong yeah. with that? What's happening to that man? Raw this yeah, past this... Monday that he was on? Yeah. Yeah, when he yeah. super he actually super kicked off Ziggler this past Monday on Raw. Oh, see now, not fall. <laughs> no, 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 not happening this time. Nope. <laughs> 
you just said SmackDown, we had him. I know, I know. No, Raw used one of their brand-to-brand invitations. They used it on Ziggler. They brought him over just to get super kicked by Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Yeah. Shawn. All right, Shawn, Shawn, like, it was okay that Shawn was, like, that Shawn had transitioned into sober man who likes to hunt. You know, like, he had the beard, sure, but the beard was, you know, well kept. He he had his uh, camouflage hats, but always properly placed on the head and whatnot. You know, like, he looked. Friggin' shirt was all disheveled. Beard beards going in ten different directions. <laughs> Look, NXT I... NXT will own you, Jack. All right, it's been a <laughs> it's been a rough couple of months for Sean down in NXT. He's trying to get this Gargano heel thing over. He's like, oh, what color should Gargano be when he's talking in heel form? Should Listen. is this where we switch to black and white? Is this where the color comes in? It's tough tough decisions. That'll keep you up at night. Sean's Sean's running around Orlando going, Candace, listen. The hair, we gotta change. It. <laughs> gotta change the hair. You can't be a heel, kid. With the yeah. hair, can't be the blind. We were speaking no. recently about like the, the Shawn Michaels transition to the guy that just doesn't say anything on every network show he's on. He'll just like he'll just say a bunch of words. You have to kind of piece them together for him. And we wasn't sure when it happened, was we? We could we tried, but we were unsure when Shawn became that guy. Full time. I don't know, man. No, you got you. You're. You guys are right to ponder that because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the greatest example we we had two examples, right? Yeah. The the head to head with Brett where they talk about what happened. <laughs> oh Brett. yeah. Poor Brett remembers every detail, and Sean's like, may have happened, may have not. Have. I don't know. I wasn't there. Was I there? I'm not sure. <laughs> and then if he says it happens, one, probably did. Must be right. The other one, my absolute favorite by far, is the table for free, the <laughs> ill fated table free with, with Kevin Nash and AJ Styles. Which was half an hour of Sean explaining to AJ why he will not wrestle him at an event that had already taken place. The Royal Rumble bit. He was just going on and on. And Kevin was even uncomfortable. He's like, okay, he gets it. Leave him there. My God. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because I'm picturing how Brett looking over at Sean going, yeah, yeah, Sean, remember you pulled the gun out of your pants? And then you pointed it and Sean's like, oh, maybe I did. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I did, Brett. Yeah, I think Brett. Remember that you shot him in the face? <laughs> it's just it's poor Brett it's entrenched in his mind and he he's just he's mapping it out and Sean has no ability to recall any of this he's just I sitting re- there like sure I can, I can see it in my head now because when Brett's telling his stories and we know how Brett especially yes. when, when he talks about Montreal we know how Brett gets yeah. so Brett's going off and Sean's just sitting there staring off into space like I don't know if this guy's telling the truth or what I took a lot of pills back then I don't know what's true and what's not what's going on right now sure <laughs> You're a Brett guy, Michelle, right? Can we agree? Are we all on this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I'm the Brett Good. guy. Man, you fit in great here. You don't like NXT, <laughs> which is banned, right? You don't hate Sean as much as other people on the internet. What was the other common trend we had? Obviously, Sean and Brett deal. That's a home run, right? We don't invite yeah. people on here that like Sean yeah. and Brett. I'm, I'm the Brett guy. I spend way too much money on Roots of Fight on that custom Bret Hart gear. I need to get on that trend. Uh, I need to. Oh, I got the pink Hitman shirt. I have the white Hitman sweatshirt. I have the old school hoodie that's just a giant Calgary ticket. Yes. yes. I swear to I guys, I I'll, I'll, you guys, I'll send you guys the picture after we're done. It is just a giant Calgary ticket with Brett there in trunks. <laughs> this shreddish. Like I love I love this very much. Look, Brett doesn't get enough credit in all seriousness for how great that pink and black branding was. Still to this day, 
hits home, right? Hits more than any current WWE wrestler by far. Natalia's carrying run. on the legacy. God. <laughs> that was I'm end it there. That's how we're going to end this show. We're going to end it with a Natalia compliment because no one else will do it. No one else in the world will compliment Natalia, but I will because that's the kind of person I am. Yeah, you ain't getting that from me, though. I've been the show for like six months. I haven't mentioned her once. So, I mean, feel free. Oh, I've never seen We just mentioned her, her last week. We couldn't remember if she turned heel or not. Oh, yeah, we only taped that two hours ago. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait though. Hold, hold on, Joe. Not to interrupt. Please hold that thought. Okay. Did, did Natty turn heel? <laughs> I have no idea. No. I don't I'm think anyone actually did knows. You? Wait, she was going in those temper tantrums. You she missed did. Raw on Monday, Jack, where not earlier Natalia comes out and she actually she attacked Asuka to really what? she threw her cats on Asuka to really solidify her heel turn. All right, uh, you're bullshit. <laughs> All right, so you're bullshit because I saw the Asuka clip on the YouTube on the WWE YouTube <laughs> channel. You're lying. It may have happened though. By the time yeah, it may have happened that, by the time this show airs. If that did happen, there would have been an article by Jeremy on Fightful and how many millions of views it got on YouTube. True, one hundred percent. That is how I know it didn't happen. <laughs> Look, because WWE said, they've they've completely hacked our computers here at the distraction, and they will listen to this show early. And Natalia will one hundred percent attack Oscar this Monday on Raw because we're recording this uh, on Jan- June fourth. And throw her cats on her. And then when we talk about it on this show next week, everyone's just going to be like, oh, yeah, that actually did happen. Like, they were right. That's what happens on this program. Oh, Weirder things have happened, man. Stranger <laughs> things have happened. Both Jack- on this podcast and WWE TV. <laughs> Jack, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, go ahead and plug everything, buddy. No, I mean, if you can, give me a follow on Twitter like these guys do. It's at jcrosbycbs. And no, I just want to thank you too. Like I, lo- I, I love you too. I really do. When you guys started this show, oh, for, I remember I was one of the first people to reach out to both of you guys and say, "I think this is a fantastic friggin' idea." And I saved Joe Holbert's life by starting the show. Legitimately true. <laughs> I mean, you know, we meet a lot of people on Twitter with our careers and just you know bullshitting around and stuff. And you two are by far my two of my favorites. I've got to, I've got to tell this story real quickly. I wrote an article. Jack was my editor at Fansided. <laughs> And I, I don't even remember. It was like potential opponents. Oh, potential. Um, I don't. I don't remember. What, it was potential opponents or something. And I had Kurt Angle as, as the potential opponent. And Jack is like, Kurt Angle's not coming back, dude. Like we got to take him out. So we, we can't push this. And then literally like two months later, Angle comes back with like the shield and everything. And I messaged him. I was like, I told you, Kurt Angle could have been a potential opponent. For yeah, this. yeah, yeah. But yeah, but see, no, that the, the locker room had what Mercer or something. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I remember that at the time, like, it was just, like, Kurt Angle is not going to wrestle. Yeah. So, yeah, Jer- Jeremy did. Like, and, hey, that's the relationship between a writer and an editor. <laughs> you know, and sometimes even the editor. I did. I, I, I admit I went to Jeremy. On, I said, it could happen. I have to speak up here on behalf of the Distraction Podcast. He was just complimenting us, Jeremy. You just told him you had a victory over him five years ago. He could have just <laughs> left that for another time. He was putting us out. He was giving us the rub. Come on, man. Time it better. No, Time it better. He was, he's a great That's... guy. You go, yeah, do you remember when I beat you? <laughs> That's okay, how you get the full it... rub. You got to go over. Jack is putting people over. I'm letting you know I was going over way before all of this. Yes, yes he did. And, I, you know, I, I remember because I, I, one of the things I was blessed with, not a lot, but a good memory. I remember that because I said, dude, 
no offense, you kind of take Kurt Angle out of this. Like, <laughs> Kurt's not... I, oh, I think I, my, my rationale was like, look, maybe at WrestleMania he might get back in the ring next year, but he, he's not not anytime soon. Sure as shit. Yeah, the whole <laughs> locker room gets freaking... Uh, the, the, the measles. And then Kurt, all of a sudden, Kurt, Kurt Angle's wrestling with the shield. And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> Follow... Yeah, no, seriously, thank you guys so, so much. You're, I really appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime. You've squashed yes. the beef with Joe over John Cena. Yes. Joe realizes well, that John really, Cena yes, is great. Yes. Now, you realize yes. John Cena is great because we've told you John Cena is great, and it's two against one, and you've just lost the argument here. Uh, <laughs> we will be back for part two of this distraction extravaganza here on Thursday. We are back, part two of... The distraction extravaganza here on Thursday. It is our Wrestle Kingdom. It is our WrestleMania. The very patient Joel Holbert is still here. And now we are joined by the man, the reunion, the dream team reunion from post wrestling, Andrew Thompson. Andrew, what's going on, buddy? My guys, Joe and Jeremy. So 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 good to be back, man. Uh always good time talking to you guys you know we, we we talk often anyway but you know it's always good to you know hop on the hop on the good old facetime slash skype and you yeah. know t- uh, talk in person so somewhat in person so you know glad to be <laughs> yeah here. i mean i need to uh i need to take a step back here don't i guys we're all we're all pretending we're all pretending we're in this together but i need to take a step back to... guys today's very special for me because i am here i'm the third wheel of a famous tandem in the history of the industry okay a fam- I am spending a day with Pippen and Jordan, okay? They can split which one's which. That's up to He's them. He's 100% Durant. Jordan. He's 100% okay, Jordan. Whichever which way. Look, this is fun for me. Uh, people won't know that we kind of all got to know. The distraction was born from that month <laughs> in which I decided I could do what you guys actually do as news guys. You, you are so great at that stuff. I tried. Very, very sad, but I tried. I was on the team for a while. got some shots up. This is fun for us, right? We, we haven't ever done it like this. This is pretty cool. Oh, this oh, was, we were all, Andrew and I were doing wrestling news and Joe was doing MMA news and Sean just labeled us the dream team in the, in the Skype chat because we were all very good at what we do. And I mean, I've always said it. I think Andrew's the absolute best. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty uh, yeah. good. Andrew's uh, the absolute yeah, best. Yeah, That's yeah, why he's Jordan. <laughs> yes, y'all, I agree. y'all too nice, man. But like, like I said, it was, it was always a good time. You know, working with y'all, like, I, like it was just like that. It, it didn't feel like work friends type thing. It felt like just, you know, friends just in the chat bullshit and like, okay, but we serious at the same time. And I, that's like one of the things I always like really liked about it. It wasn't like all like super just work related. It was just like, you know, everybody BSing. But at the same time, we all, you know, of course, working to the common goal, which is to put out the best content. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have to give you credit on this, Andrew, because you had a take that has stuck with me to this day. When we had all given up on Drew McIntyre, I remember I put in the chat, I was like, we're all done, right, with Drew. And you were, you were not, you were the last standing man on the bandwagon. You said, we're going to get there. We're going to get there with Drew. I'm a fan of Drew. And I remember thinking, man, God, he's, he's optimistic. God bless him. He's going for it. And here we are. We fast forward here a year. He's the champ. He's the top guy. Are you still, like, is it been cool for you? I know you was a fan of his. Are you, like, um, enjoying it as a fan, that little ride for him? Yeah, I, I am enjoying, you know, Drew McIntyre's run as WWE champion so far. Like, I I do think that this, like, him and his main event spat could have happened that, like, around that time when yes. we initially talked about it or when he first, you know, came back to the, the, the main roster until Raw. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, better late than never. 
Um, and I, I think he's doing this thing right now. I don't really see him losing the title anytime soon. It doesn't really seem like it. And I, 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 I honestly really want him to, now I know he said it in interviews before, but I really want him to be like one of the first people within WWE that get the chance to go out in front of the, a live crowd uh, yeah. you, you know, for the you know for the first time when they you know if if when and if things open back up uh, in the, in the near future. Yeah, sorry. Well, Drew is gonna lose this Sunday to Lashley when Lashley shoots sure. on him and, oh, in sorry, two sir. minutes. And yes. <laughs> Lashley, <laughs> this is what we've decided here on the show is that Lashley is just gonna use his MMA background, shoot on <laughs> Drew McIntyre, take the title to Bellator, and and that's it. Hey man, I would love. It would be so great. And this is where it's bad because like, I'm with you. Everything you said about Drew there, I was like, yep, yeah, agree, agree. But man, if Bobby won that title, I would explode. I'd be so happy for him. He deserves it too, right? That's the tough thing about this thing. It's difficult yeah, to make. I, I, I feel like I feel like Bobby Lashley is like sort of this like in a, in a weird space right now because I feel like he's starting to like really hit his stride. Like, yeah. but right now they're in the middle of the Drew McIntyre running. You can't just end it. But like at the same time, Bobby Lashley's doing some really good stuff and everybody's been saying like since he came back, they like, well, you need to find something for him to do. Mm-hmm. They finally found something for him to do and it's working. And that, But now he's just caught in the spot where it's like he's being used as like a transitional challenger to wherever they yes. end up going for SummerSlam. So it's like, I mean, but I, I, th- I think Bobby going to get there. I, I, I would say next year is likely he'll be WWE champion, I think. I mean, I would dis- I would dismiss that, but you were right about Drew, so I can now start celebrating. I can start celebrating the Bobby Lashley title. It's going to happen. He's ahead of time. I know it's going to happen. As, as I always said, Andrew has the script, so he's got the script for yes. next year. Bobby Lashley will- is going to get the big win next year. Yeah. I, I remember me and you were talking about some. It was I think it was the Finn Balor-Gargano storyline and how, how that whole thing was going to play out yeah. uh, when they were, what was that, TakeOver War Games? Yeah. When we were talking about that, and that, like, that whole storyline played out, me and you were just, like, BSing on Twitter about how uh, everything was going to play out, and it played <laughs> out exactly how we said it was going to play out. Like, got, got, got the book, man. Yeah, that's, they, that's this podcast is all about. Like, yeah, they steal from us trees, all the time on this podcast. <laughs> all the time. That's all they do. Vince and Tony watch this podcast. They hack our computers, and they just take all of our ideas. One day, they'll give us royalties for it. Oh, man. Well, I say, what do y'all think about the, uh, I was going to ask you, you've been saying Tony Khan, I was going to ask, what do you guys think about Fighter Fest uh, being free and being, you know, a two-night event? Yeah, I think it probably makes sense. To be honest, I mean, looking at the landscape, I was surprised they were doing it. So, like, I was like, okay, it makes sense. I mean, the issue is, is we all agree Mox is going over cage, right? That's like, oh, we can oh, all, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, yeah. My, my fear is, is you've already done this deal with Archer where like he gets two months of Jake cutting these promos and he just loses and it's like, okay, you're going to do the same thing at Cage, right? It's inevitable. You're going to do the same thing. I fear that they trust the audience knows all these guys. They just drop them in at the top and then they're like, well, what now? It's difficult. You know, I think I would like them to do a bit more gradual builds with some of these guys, I guess. I'm with you. Um, the Fighter Fest thing, it was on BR Live last year. So it was free. Yeah last year as well um so keeping it free two nights they've done this before with the the specials the bash at the beach stuff blood and guts was supposed to be a a dynamite special before um the pandemic happened and everything Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a good thing for the audience it'll it'll certainly pop the ratings i would assume i'm interested to see what the rest of the card looks like like moxley and cage i'm not like super hot on um (laughs) <laughs> and best friends like i love omega and hangman as a as a tag team best friends 
I wish they did a little bit more. And, and maybe they, they still got a few weeks to do it. We'll see what the rest of the card looks like. What do you think that card is going to end up? Like, who do you think Cody is going to end up facing, Andrew? Ooh, uh, it, it's so many. But I, I think for Fighter Fest, just for this specific occasion, uh, whichever night he defends it, I think they're going to bring somebody from outside the company, not somebody that signed, just to have like that surprise guest type yeah. feel to it. Just Because they can. Cody did say that they were, he was going to defend the title against people that were non-contracted wrestlers too mm-hmm. right like that's the thing yeah so yeah he's gonna be yeah. doing that so i think on the weeks leading up you know we're just gonna have the you know the mark quinn's and you know maybe a chucky e. t or marco stunt gets the title shot and stuff like that that once you know leading up to the uh fighter fest then we're going to get somebody from outside the company but you know it looks like wwe ain't letting nobody go because mr drake maverick <laughs> they got his fat back that's how you do it you, hey, look, I, I commend him like he he he, he didn't want to lose his job so he went out and you know he put out the public message and Look where he at now. Now he's still with the company. I, I respect it. I it's such a man. strange one because, like, everyone likes Drake, right? We oh, all yeah. like Drake. Yeah. We all think he's tremendous, but it's just, it's so weird that what you just laid out is actually what happened. Like, he actually <laughs> posted a video and there's like, oh, I guess we have to bring him back then. I don't know. Like, it's, I just, I'm with the idea that his performance has earned it, but he was already a great performer, right? They yeah. should have known that before they cut him. I just, I don't want to go back into all that stuff, but it's it is interesting that what you just said isn't even an exaggeration. That's actually what happened. He posted the video and it was like, oh, it's an angle. Sure, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, the, the the key the key what he did was he tagged Shawn Michaels and Triple H in the tweet, so they got every <laughs> single last notification, every comment, like, and that that thing got that thing had like at least 10k retweets, yeah. like 26k likes and that thing i've seen like at least a million times on twitter so mm-hmm. they got every single last notification and he he, he he worked his way back into you know into getting back a contract and then he made it to the finals and i i know some people kind of you know disagree with how you know playing off a of real life you yes. know really releasing somebody and then actually using it as a storyline but i mean looking at it you know hindsight being 2020 it, it seems like that's kind of what he wanted to mm-hmm. Andrew is frozen on us. He is frozen. He is. <laughs> I thought it was just me. No, he is. Um, hopefully, it just pops back <laughs> up here in a second. Um, with with the the Drake Maverick stuff. Um, yeah, we, we discussed that last week with what was going on with him. That's where Gallows and Anderson messed up. They should have tagged Shawn Michaels and Triple H uh, on all these. Uh... Joe, you listen to that podcast? Yes. I can confirm that I don't think that was considered by either of those men. Based on what I've heard, uh, I would suggest they did not consider doing the, the big tweet, I would say. There we go. Andrew looks oh. like he's back now. He's back. Okay. And of course. I think. I think <laughs> he's back. <laughs> this is peak distraction. This is, yeah, I was going to say, this is 100% peak distraction where we just have technical issues, except they're actually on air this time instead of uh off the air usually it's just 30 minutes of technical issues off the air yeah. but andrew is just hey, can, can y'all still hear me yeah yeah we can hear yes. you we can't see you I, I, I was like well yeah i i, I just switched it i don't know why my connection started tripping all of a sudden that's why i just went to uh, audio only okay i'm gonna turn it back okay. on though all right oh if it happens again we'll just go audio only and people can stare at that awesome profile picture yes uh, i agree that we use (laughs) we used to use that as a meme all the time in the chat sean would always post it when we would say something and we would post that because it's an amazing picture i'm 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 glad people find humor in my 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 young childhood (laughs) i said no i actually depend the story if anybody wanted to know the story behind that it was when uh i was i think i was in first grade 
and they we had like the little picture day thing and my, my lips were really ashy but I didn't have any blistex and I remember the girl that I liked she was uh standing right there in front of like she was next up to take her pictures and I didn't want her to see my lips so I, I just kept my face up like that and then just went ahead and yeah, just took the picture and that's how that hey, happened. Bro, when you said if anyone wants to know the story, I was, I was wondering, I was like, this is gonna have to be one hell of a story. I don't know, I don't know where he's gonna go. With this. It was much better than I it was incredible. I actually loved that story. I did want to hear the story, yes. Yeah. That that um, that I wanted to ask you, because we've chatted a lot, right? But we haven't always spoke like a ton. You probably know more with Jeremy about just general wrestling chat. Uh, which right. is why the Drew thing stuck with me, Andrew. I know you know that was a, that was a big victory in my mind for you. I, I saw it as a win. Um, wrestling taste wise, are you a guy who's like you know I watch all these shows, but Dynamite is my favorite. Do you have a comfort with the WWE product? Where are you at on that whole thing? I, I'm not too sure right now. As far as like the WWE just, versus yeah, AEW just pure type enjoyment, thing. or even if you prefer an alternative to those two, but you know, just generally speaking. Uh, like no, normally, honestly, like I just try to like enjoy everything for what it is. Like, of course, it's like it's stuff that I like and that I don't like. Like, I'm I, I can be like very nitpicky at times, but at the same time, I kind of just try to keep it like, at, like these some of these products are not gonna offer like everything that I like, but there's like doses of what I like yes. in in both. So I try to like pick out what I like in each of them and try to stick to that. But like, of course, you come across your occasional stuff where just like this is just like complete foolishness. Like it, it is, it is, and it's hard to ignore it. But like you also have, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get into the whole impact situation. I think, I think Jeremy know, Jeremy know. I tell you off edge of what, what happened with <laughs> regard, regard oh. to impact, regard to impact wrestling. <laughs> oh no, that, 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 that's a, that's a story for that's an off edge story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a book about that one day. <laughs> but, um, but <laughs> oh man, but um. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, it's, it's all the alternatives. I mean, you know, you can watch the, you know, the NWA product. I think they got the mm-hmm. Connie Land series, you know, and uh, I know you guys probably saw the story from uh, from Bushi Road when they're talking about uh, rebooting New yep. Japan and stardom and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in that and see how New Japan goes with the if they. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to go the no fans route at the arena show. So, I'm I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, well, New Japan's interesting because. Like daily cases wise, Japan have got it like way under control. Now this episode is going to air in a, in a there you go there. You go. <laughs> this episode is going to air in a week. So just to be clear to anyone watching this, I do I am not to blame for the Japanese COVID oh, number no. spike for this no. episode. Well, is. No, okay. no, Joe. What happened is yesterday okay. New Japan already announced they're returning and oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, running yeah, yeah. Dominion. Uh, yeah. it, was that with Okada and Alexa on top in the main yeah, event? Yeah, that's that the thing? Okada Alexa uh, opening round G one right? final G one. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I that's remember that. That was their big announcement yesterday. I remember. I remember. I'm looking forward to seeing the <laughs> Rainmaker sequence of characters in that one. But anyway, um, from what I can tell, they've got COVID way under control. So I think you may see people in the building for New Japan shows not too far in the future. And boy, do I need that. You know, I, I am looking forward to seeing that. But, you know, I, I'm with you. I think you've exposed us a little bit there, Andrew, because you actually spoke like a professional there. Did you notice that, Jeremy? He was like, <laughs> I find good in all. You know, I find good in it all. You know, I enjoy this. Whereas if you'd have asked us, us that, we'd have been like, we like none of these shows. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you exposed us again. I appreciate it. We've been watching answer. Empty Arena cool. Wrestling for five months now and yes. just ready for it to be over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, all right, you know, that was funny. I know, right <laughs> now, but 
Let me be real, because Joe, Joe, Joe just called me out. I'm, I'm tired of these interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew came on here and thinking like, all right, I've got to be professional. I've got to, you know, keep it under control and everything. That's not what the distraction is all about. We... We we pull no punches. Or this is a shooters podcast, Andrew. That's what. Oh wait, that's oh, that's WWE after the bell. I'm sorry. Um, ours yes. is just yeah. We look. We've banned NXT. If you like NXT, we're not. We don't talk banned. about that. So banned. that's banned. Let, 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 let me be. I, I do enjoy watching wrestling, of course, but like I, yes. I'm like I, I'm just tired of the the empty arenas. Like so, so some of it is like. Like even with, I mean, well, okay. So one thing that I specifically like about AEW is like I feel like the crowds. I like just people are just being themselves in the crowd. Yeah. But I feel like NXT. Like this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're like, cheer here, you boo here. Like, it's like, it, like it, it doesn't feel like organic. It feel like they're literally telling these people like when and how to react. And like, I feel like with AEW, it's just like, it, it's clear that you got the, the good guys on the one side and the bad guys on the other side. And people are just out here doing what they do and creating their own banter. Like you had even had the stuff with uh, with Big Swole and Lance Archer when they were talking trash and they, that even carried on to social media. Like it's, it, it just feels like they're just, more natural with it opposed to how they're telling the people to react in the crowd in the next scene. I mean, that's a, I think that's a, like a trend in general, right? There's a, whether AEW is good or bad, and sometimes it's both, definitely. I'm not here to say it's perfect, but it does feel like people are being themselves more. There's a lot of kind of play wrestler in WWE, and I, don't, I know that's like a cliche term, but sometimes people are playing characters and it's very community theaterish almost, you know, like the, the I don't want to look. I don't want to make Seth Rollins podcast. We do more than enough Seth Rollins slander on this show without doing it now. But I just I'm using an example, like making him the Messiah is very WWE, right? It's very like it has to be a brand and a thing. So I'm with you. We look AEW this, copied that with Sean Spears. So I don't know Sean why. Sean Spears, um, by the time of this airs, will have been the world champion. We don't know that. Basically, you to be very careful. What you say. He's got a glove now. Don't think you realize, okay? Anyway, I like Sean Spears. Please don't get mad at me. Anyway, before you came on here, Andrew, we, we, you know, it's a two-part show we're going to. You're in second. We were talking great wrestlers, and we were just – it was the most um, senseless conversation you'll ever hear, wasn't it? It was just a load of names being thrown out. And we were talking about the credence there is to, is Daniel Bryan the greatest wrestler of all time? It's been a conversation as late. I wanted to throw you – talking about great wrestlers. Who's the first name to come to mind that people like? They're the elite in the history of professional wrestling. Then you got you got to throw in throw Bret Hart in there. I'm a Bret yes. Hart fan. I've grown yes. to like even even though I'm a yes. consider consider the, a, a youngin in most eyes. 
I, I, I do. I'm, I am a big fan of Bret Hart. Um, you know, I, I think you can't throw Daniel Bryan in that conversation. I, I, I don't see why you can't. Like, you look at his yeah. body of work, just what he's done over the past two decades. Like, like you look at everything he's done, he's definitely uh, in that conversation just as far as, like, you know, of, of course, when he I, I feel like everybody knew what he was as far as pre-WWE, like is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. But when you come into WWE, you got to fall in line with their system. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it, not, not everybody can do that. Like we've seen, I think the last person we've seen, like the last big independent star to come into WWE and actually make an impact and, 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 and be able to remain who they are in a sense was AJ Styles. And yeah. I, I and then since there hasn't been somebody like that since then. Like I, 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 I was always interested in the whole idea of Kenny Omega coming in, but like that's long gone. But you know, going yeah. back to the topic, I feel like you know, Kenny, I mean uh, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, like the last two guys from the independent scene, the big independent stars that come into WWE and actually remain who they are and become bigger within the company. That normally that wouldn't happen. That's we was those are the names we were talking about. Like that was the perfect icing on their career, right? To mm-hmm. it silences. Look, it's. For those of us that love wrestling, you know, I'll just talk to myself. If AJ came to WWE and been a flop, I could still have st- stood there and said, one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen. But there oh, will yeah. always be people that would say to me, yeah, but what about? You know, he didn't work on Raw. Whatever that means, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. But generally speaking, you can't discount how impressive it is that those two guys managed to become not just like impressive WWE guys. They're like historic WWE wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be talked about generally. Like we talk about Brett. I'd like to think in 20 years, someone's going to be saying, I just watched, you know, the Daniel Bryan run. And talking about, like, as fondly as we talk about Brett. So it's just, it's interesting. We had this conversation, those two names were the names we threw out, and you immediately went straight to AJ too. It's just, mm. I think we should appreciate both those guys. I mean, by the time this airs, tomorrow night they'll be wrestling on SmackDown, right? So if you are watching this and you like wrestling, I assume you like wrestling and not just us. If so, that'd be a bit weird, but... <laughs> enjoy it when those two men wrestle on SmackDown, right? We should all enjoy certain moments of like, it's a cool moment getting to see those guys do what they do best. It's cool. We, we, we could jump around like topics on here, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is I, completely I, I, open. I, I, I was about to say, yeah, AJ is also a really good uh, mixer streamer, video game streamer. I, I, I actually enjoy, like, besides, like, of course, the new stuff that AJ still talking about in his, uh, his little video game streams. I actually do enjoy his streams. Like, yeah. I don't know why. I feel like he's an entertainer, like, video game streamer for, for, for some reason. I don't know why. I think what people... I mean, I've only seen very little. I, I tuned in on the one, the famous one, after Gallows and Anderson got cut, right, yeah. where mm. he was just like... I mean, that was pretty incredible to see that reaction. But I think people like him because he's an actual superstar that acts in a way that is the most un-superstar way. But you never forget that he's a superstar all along that mm. way, right? He's so... He's never someone who's trying to be kind of like um, in your face, I'm charismatic, but that never stops him from being charismatic. He's, he's kind of a weird line he walks in that sense. It's, it's interesting. The AJ Mixer stream, uh, I mainly only watch it for the news. We have jobs for the news. to do. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> oh, Andrew God, taught me that. We have jobs to do. Look, I don't. Jeremy, that was the perfect chance for you to be like, "Yes, me too." I have a passion for streams too. You had to just make it about work. Come Look, on, it, that's that's what it is. I don't listen to podcasts uh, unless I'm like doing something like work related, or my friends are on it. Like if if Andrew's on a podcast or something, I'll listen to it. But otherwise, if, if I'm not, if I can't get a quote out of it for an article, I'm probably not listening to this I podcast. Have to tell this. Yeah, this, is, this is a yeah, classic yeah. Andrew story. Again, I only spent a month on the team, folks. I was getting shots up. I was watching I was watching the stars at work, okay? 
One time, Andrew came in the chat and he was like, I have to listen to the Sky Sports WWE podcast for a quote. And I was like, I was like, hey, man, it may be time to calm it down a little bit. But that, that was the moment when I realized your commitment was insane to me because I had watched WWE on Sky Sports for years. And I had never once even thought of like, yeah, I'm going to go listen to the podcast. You were doing it just purely work. I found that to be extraordinary. I really did. I'm not even doing a bit with that. I remember saying to you at the time, I was like, the Sky, man, you're all in. That was that was impressive to me. It really was. I, I was listening to um, Road Dog on the After the Bill podcast earlier. They don't pull any punches on that podcast. But, but, no, 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 no they, they don't. But no, it was interesting. Like, actually interesting hearing him speak about some of the current NXT people. And he was putting over Dexter Loomis like, crazy like yes. talking about like i basically he was like they were looking at him as the next main event type of guy and i'm like he's like saying this publicly like in the middle of this man's push like they're looking at him like as one of those next guys and like throwing him in there and they were like he he was a project that they were working on like i, I guess like months prior and like trying to do different stuff with him like he was like saying like death the loomis was like they had him in the pc like putting people in like red naked chokes and like licking them and just to see how like how like the people will react just to see how like you get a general reaction out of it yeah. but like it, it was just interesting hearing him speak about that and of course he you know he put over adam cole massively and then we had uh what, what was that podcast that Britt breaker did when she was talking about how she can't wait for uh adam cole for the to reunite <laughs> yeah i think that was unrestricted that, that was she like, was oh, on boy. she did a bunch like back to back to back uh but i think unrestricted she said like yeah adam cole uh get back in there with the elite and just be a big happy family again. Look, that would be, um, you know, not even speaking as like a brand loyalist guy, that would definitely be good for wrestling though, right? Would that not be fun if Adam, I mean, NXT doesn't, NXT has like a hundred people that are on television, you know, like it would just be fun, I feel, to see, my fear with Adam Cole is, and I'm not a huge Adam Cole guy, I think he's very, very good, I just, He's I don't a terrible know Uno player. Absolutely garbage Uno player. <laughs> I saw player. your tweet about this, but I, I can't speak to it. This is legitimately like the only non-work-related thing that I'll watch is the up, up, down, down, the battle of the brands with Breeze sure, and Xavier and, and sure, the Uno game, it. which is my, my most favorite thing ever. I've reached out to Xavier and all these guys. I want to write like the oral history of up, up, down, down, Uno, and they don't contact me back. So if they're listening, and I know they, they are... Get back I, to me I, I, so I, I can write the Uno history. I promise you, they see they see your DMs. I, I <laughs> promise you, like I, I know they do because you because you're not WWE. They like so strict with like you, you, it's impossible to get in contact with them if you like basic like based and based in the US media, but like not like the CBS sports and stuff like that. But, I like, need I, to. I'm a hundred percent sure they see. Your, your, your messages i need to use joe because they love the international attention <laughs> joe I'd just be like hey yeah we're a uk outlet and i'll just have joe yeah. reach out to him and i'll just feed you all the questions and everything and, and then we <laughs> that, can go from that's there. smart that's smart <laughs> you know it is interesting like we're all you know entrenched you guys are actually interested in media i write a feature every once in a while but for the most part we're in the same world right from you know generally speaking it is interesting that we speak of wwe guys like it's like the ultimate like, it shouldn't really be this way, should it? You know? Like, it, you should be able to write an article about something like that, Jeremy. You really should. You're not asking for too much. Yeah. Time, it's, it's, bro, it's, it's, it seems, like, so difficult to get into yes. contact with with WWE talent, like, as a whole. Like, I'm like, it, 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 is, it is stressful sometimes, but I'm like, it's, it is what it is. Cause, I mean, there's so many other people to, to interview, so it's like, or talk to. It's just like, you know. You've been that. doing a good job with that, man, right? You've been... I've, 
every time I see Andrew's tweets on him, he's got a new interview and it's someone else that I know. It's someone else. Like, you pulled Christian recently, right? I'm not wrong in saying yeah. this. You had Christian yeah. on deal. That was tremendous. Yeah, that, that was something. Like, I, I'm trying to, like, get get like get into like uh people who like really don't get interviewed that much like yeah. i don't know like with scotty davis and people like I, I found found out through him through like an ott show and i was just like you just wanted to be reach out. i found out he was like 19 years old so like it, it, it's, it's cool to do stuff like that just you know reaching out to the, the, mm-hmm. the people that's not that don't have that big publicity type thing yeah no 100 all right uh, what was we talking about adam cole yeah, Adam Cole, um, I fear he's a guy that never gets called up properly. I think he could be like one of those oh, no. NXT lifers. Mm-hmm. I really fear. Mm-hmm. I really do. But, I mean, I think Champa and Gargano are that now, right? What, what, what do y'all think about uh, Gargano and, and Candice? The, the whole dinner table thing. Oh, Wait, we're, we're talking bad. NXT. Why are we talking <laughs> NXT on this program? NXT it's is bad. banned from this program. He's gone. <laughs> Look, man, I, I see tweets and people are like, there's some really good character stuff, and I'm just like, get it out, get it out. If next time I see character work, but once upon a time, okay, and I don't want to sound like an old man here, it's the last thing I want to do on this podcast, but wrestlers would just have personality, you know, they didn't have to do character work and have Twitter threads made about their genius. It wasn't this way once upon a time, but I just think here's the deal if it wasn't them two, I wouldn't hate it, but the fact that it's probably the two best baby faces in wrestling doing this just. I, I just think it's a waste of them. I read. I don't know what you think. It may be different. What do you think? What do you think about it, Jeremy? Oh, I. It's not good. I actually <laughs> want it on the on the show, and I, I'm pretty sure I could figure out a way to do this. I just haven't sat down. Oh, I have you enough. About like the, uh, the, with the um, these about the flashlight and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. Trading. Like I, I'm pretty sure I can put like a filter on the screen while we're recording, and so like anytime <laughs> we, anytime we're shooting here on the distraction i put the filter on the screen so people know like oh this is serious joe and jeremy are shooting right now because the filter has popped up i'm pretty sure i can do that if i looked into it but i spend enough time trying to deal with setups and making sure shots are right so that's that's down my list of things to do i swear i can see both of y'all doing that like you guys just be laughing and joking and then like (laughs) once something serious come up you just Put the put the, yes. put the, uh, the filter on and just stitch. A lot of time I was beaming at the camera, eyes locked, and just like, you know, I, I really hated this. I really like this. And then once you get back to the search, you'd be like, everything go back. So, Joe, the, how's the thing it going? is, that's a great idea. The only issue is it would expose the fact that we don't actually have wrestling takes anymore. We burned through all of our actual opinions. We went about two weeks, and ever since then, we've just been doing bits. We've just been doing little jokes that some people might like. I don't know. Um, but you're right. If we had opinions, it'd be tremendous. Let me just say this. First of all, I always try to tune in the podcast every time I can. Like whenever I'm doing Thank work you. stuff, I always have it on the background of TV. You guys are hilarious. Just let you know that right now. I try to keep yeah, it every episode. I'm, I'm like a week behind or two weeks behind, but I always like tuning into you guys' podcast. Like y'all are like just like I, I really like the chemistry that y'all have. Like just in general, overall, and like it doesn't feel like a forced conversation. It always feels yeah. like just like. You just talking about like everyday wrestling topics, and then uh, of course you know the off off wrestling stuff that I really like the most, honestly. Like, yeah. okay, what, 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 what do y'all uh, do y'all, what do y'all think about the the NBA coming back on July twenty? Oh, here we go, twenty second. Here we go, yeah, July yes. July twenty second. Uh, yeah, they well, back. I'm, I'm, um, I can't I can't wait, man. I've explained to Jeremy that I'm very scared. I'm very very scared <laughs> because I am cautious as to how quickly my excitement will turn to anger when I actually have to watch my team play again. That's what I'm scared about, okay? I'm, you know, it'll be optimism, 
And then they'll come out and they'll run like a pick and pop with Holford and he'll, he'll back rim a three and I'll just be like, that's it. I've done it. I've done with it. I'll get him out. I can't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, but I'm excited. I am excited. Andrew, who are you rooting for? Because you're a Cavaliers fan, right? And uh, I mean, you you, you, you did dumb. not have to say that on air. Well, look, <laughs> look Joe, Joe is a depressed 76ers fan. Still, I'm a... Still. I'm a semi I'm a semi happy Thunder fan right now. We were having a good season, then everything happened. Y'all look, I I can say you're a Cavaliers fan on air because after Lillard hit that shot, y'all were just brutal to me after that shot. Just absolutely brutal. And I take my sports. I wasn't. I, I wasn't in No, I don't you were not brutal. Sean was brutal and Andrew was brutal. And Sean was brutal, like publicly oh, on Twitter. You talking about when he uh when he put the thunder out on your face. Yes. You yeah. Him, and yeah. Andrew was brutal on Skype. And I was so depressed after that shot. And you guys just did not let up. I was like, oh, my God, this this is terrible. I hate both of you right now. Um, but that was that shot, you know, was the best thing to happen to the Thunder. We've got the ultimate GOAT, Chris Paul, the point, point god. god. Yes, point god. We got Shea, Gil- Shea Gilgis Alexander. We were doing really well. We were going to beat Utah in the first round. Mascola. Yeah, look, headband Mike Muscala is different, okay? Headband oh, Mike Muscala. No. You can't stop him. I never him. saw him. You can I never only... saw him. Oh, Muscala. oh, look, Joe. I, I, I had talked with Joe about this on Twitter about um, when we were talking about the 76ers and Ben Simmons, and we were talk. I was just telling him, I was like, I, I truly don't understand how Ben Simmons is not the best player in the NBA. Like, I, I, I really don't shoot. get it. Like, like, the, like if, he, if he just, like, put time into getting his jump shot together, he would be like one of the most unstoppable human beings in the NBA. This he man is, is like six ten. Oh, you go ahead, Joe. No, go finish what you're saying. I was like, I was like, this man is like literally six ten, a solid two hundred plus pounds. Yeah. No, you, 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 there's no guarding nobody like that. You can't guard him. He can get to the basket whenever he wants. If he just learned how to shoot the ball, I'm telling, like, you would not stop this man. You just wouldn't. Yes. And when you add to that, defensively, he's yes. an absolute nightmare. Here's the yes. thing. I'm with you on the shooting, for sure. It would be nice to see him playing a team where he was like the point forward just with five shoot, four shooters around him, you know? Because until Giannis, that happens, Yes, because I think um, with his limitations, his shot creation is a little bit limited. He would be better with guards around him, almost. You know, like, I know he wants to be a point guard because it's cool that he's a 6'10 point guard. I'm with it. It is cool. I agree. The issue is when your second playmaker is Richardson, you know, and bless him, he's, you know, he's, he's what he is. He's what, we could do with a traditional guard is what I'm saying. So I, I'm with you. Uh, I certainly don't want to turn this podcast into the Embiid-Simmons debate. Certainly not. <laughs> one. But you're, look, here's what I will say about Simmons is he, a lot of the things he does, he stands for a lot of the things that people like on NBA Twitter claim to love. Like he plays really hard, elite defensively, None of it matters to these people because he can't shoot the ball. Like he, he's the most hated player in the league just because he can't shoot the ball. Don't no no. That listen, I, I dealt with the most hated player in the league for yeah, the last uh, yeah. three years in, in Russell Westbrook. We're not putting oh, yeah. Ben Simmons in that category yet because they're different. Right? Look, look, I like Russ, but sometimes Russ he can bring it on himself. He's a little bit angry at times, right? <laughs> and he will he will make defensive. My 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 favorite Russ plays is when like. Russ can defend, but sometimes he'll just decide he doesn't want to play. He just doesn't want to be on that side of the court. Right? He'll just stand yeah, there. Yeah, 99% of the time. <laughs> yes, yes. And like, so I kind of get why he's given that bad run. I mean, it's a bit much. 
But with Ben Simmons, it's literally just can't shoot. Coward, get him out. Get him out of the league. You know? Like, I just I find it interesting. That's all. And, and, and just to address the, the just the state of the, the Cleveland Cavaliers as a fan, like, <laughs> y- y- y'all do not understand how disappointing it is. Like just what, like just seeing the trajectory, the upward and downward trajectory of Cleveland. Yeah. Like I, I first became a Cleveland fan when they first, uh, you know, when they, when they, I think I was believe it was when they had Cap, when when they had the whole, uh, the the new formation when they had uh, Anthony Bennett when they first got him, and I was like, this is gonna be the number one draft, this is like number one draft pick. This guy's about to be like, you know, dominating the league. I'm like, here we go, we're going straight to the ship, and then he just like fell off the face of the earth. I don't even know. I think he's in the G League right now. Plant, putting yep. up some good numbers there, and then we had Wiggins, and I'm thinking Wiggins gonna be the man, and we also had Kyrie, and then you know when, when LeBron came, that's when everything, you know, of course we went and won the championship, but then things just fell apart after that, and it's just like, I, I feel like Cleveland is just one of those organizations, like they are so focused on we need to get the next star player instead of like let's put a bunch of pieces together and try to make all these guys stars in a way and just try to power our way through. But like instead, they're like, we gotta find the number yes. one guy, and then those guys end up leaving. And like, I you know props to LeBron for coming back and getting back a championship. But like, it's just like with Kyrie Irving, it was just like they didn't put anybody around him for for him to succeed uh, yeah. as, a, as just as a team. But of course, he succeeded as an individual. It's that deal that um, the Heat and the Clippers did last year, right? Where it was like, let's just do a competitive team. You know, let's not worry about, like, we can't win the championship. It's just try to yeah. actually be a competitive team. Yeah, and that, what like, that's where is, the Thunder are at right now. Like, yes, they and don't... what happens is, inevitably, a star will look at that team, ideally, and be like, if I add myself to that, we're there. Whereas if you're a team that's just constantly looking at lottery, constantly, like, it can get a pattern. Right? Yeah, that's the Phoenix the Suns. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're always rebuilding forever and ever. Yeah. Never change. <laughs> like, the, the Phoenix Suns, I don't recall the last time they made the playoffs. They've gotten yes. they've gotten multiple number one picks. I mean, they had Aiton, and I don't know. Maybe he'll turn out they to be good. Be they should he, be better. They should be. Um, but they're not. They should be. They should be a playoff team with, with Booker yeah. and and Aiton. They they I, I see no reason why they shouldn't be a, a playoff team at I all. I agree. The West is pretty strong though. We've been doing NBA talk about ten minutes. It's good, isn't it? It's much better. No, than we need to keep is. talking NBA. It's it's much better but, than but, the wrestling. One one thing I'm interested in, like I know a lot of people were like speculating about like the future, like Bradley Beal, and like what's next for him. But like yeah. I know he just signed like a max deal not too long ago. But like I know people were talking about like some of the the, the NBA scoopsters were talking about him possibly like being dealt to Brooklyn or one of those teams like that. I feel like Bradley Beal, he does need to get away from John Wall because I, I I just feel like. I, it has like it's worked a little bit, but I feel like they they just aren't enough to push through past the second round yeah. or push especially through now. past the first round. Yeah. Especially, yeah, especially now, especially what we going into. Like I feel like with with the current playoff format that we got right now, like I don't I don't think it's crazy to think that Zion Williamson might power the Pelicans through, like not not to the finals, but like you know somewhere yeah. deep into the playoffs because I feel like he's just gonna have a lot of momentum going into it, and like you got so many other great teams that, they, that they're going to play against in this 22 thing, whatever they doing, playing <laughs> tournament thing like that. <laughs> like, it, it's just so many great teams. I feel like Bradley Bill, he needs to get away. Like, I, I feel like Bradley Bill would be a great fit in Toronto. I really do. Like, him, Kyle Lowry, Siakam. That would Baca, work. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like that would be, like, a great fit for Bradley Bill. Yeah, that's – I was going to ask where – I mean, obviously, when you have teams, like – we're talking here as like kind of logical basketball brains where you'd like to see him, right? That is actually a good call. I was thinking Denver 
But Ooh, um, that, that would be so nice. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Den- Denver Jamal depends Murray on who Jokic. you. Yeah, Denver depends on who you give up because Denver's like one of their strengths is their bench and their depth. And you're given because you're probably not giving up Murray. You're obviously not giving up Jokic. So you're giving up pro- Millsap just to make the money work. Uh, yes. And then um, like Gary Harris as well. And Deal. yeah, Deal. well, yeah, yeah. Look, if you're Denver, you're probably doing yeah. it because they were trying to get who are they trying to get at the deadline this past year? They, it, it, it uh, fell Drew, through. Right? Was it Drew? Yeah, Drew Holiday. Yeah, they were trying to get him and it, it didn't work. The Pelicans. The Lakers would beat the Pelicans in a series. I'm, I'm fairly confident oh, yeah. in that. For, for sure. They don't want to see the Pelicans in the first round, though. With, with Drew, nah, yeah, I agree. At, like even Lonzo and Ingram and Zion, that's a way. Too much fight. Yeah, too much Ingram, fight on that team, bro. He's come a long way, Ingram. Like, I know stylistically, like analysts and stuff don't love that kind of player. You know, he like he isolates mid-range jumpers, but he looked tremendous this season. Every time I see him, he looked great. <clears throat> I, I think Brandon Ingram, like I, I, I know, you know, he's currently with the Pelicans and stuff. But I feel like a team he would fit like perfectly with. Like I feel like he would be so great with Houston, like him, Russ, and Harden, because I feel like he would add just like that extra length that they need at, 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 the, at, the, at the, the the team that they got. And I, I just feel like he would be like perfect in that slot. Oh, I really enjoyed Houston when they went full insane small ball, and like Covington oh. was playing the five. I was yes. all in. I was because yes. they they managed to find guys that were not fives that were like they were just strong enough to get away with it a lot of the time. Not always. They had some tough nights. I remember they lost to the Knicks, but generally speaking, it was interesting to watch them. I think the problem with Ingram and Houston is Ingram is such like an isolation player yeah that and, and so is russ and so is Harden. so like you're adding another person to that mix like how much is is too much there? like it works with two especially two really good passers like uh westbrook and, and Harden. but if you add a mm-hmm. third person how is, is ingram just now going to be happy sitting in the corner waiting for a pass and getting yeah. shots like here's that's a, the problem here's a question speaking of the rockets how let's just say um where are they currently seed wise do we know they're six. Uh, they're six they're num- yeah number six yeah okay let's just say they go out in the first round which is a very yeah because they'd have the I wouldn't... clippers or the nuggets right now i would probably take them against the nuggets not Ooh. against the clippers no nah, not the clippers the yeah. nuggets yeah i, I can see them beating them people now. sleeping on the especially matchup wise jokic is a nightmare Bro, he's the best center the in the league. No, no, no. Covenant yeah. would punch him in the stomach. There's no, <laughs> no way. No, I'm with you. You're right. Denver, we just all dismiss very ignorantly because for some reason they don't fit our bill as a contender. That's what it is. Isn't it? Right. They're a great team. You're right. But like I no, just, no one I looks wonder. at Jokic as like the superstar on the level, like even on like, in, the level of a Westbrook. Like he's a better player than Russell Westbrook in 2020. Yeah. The, the thing is, I'm with you, but he also kind of benefits from it because, like, while he got some stick for the shape he showed up in the season, imagine, like, Westbrook did that. Yeah. <laughs> he just played himself into shape for two months. He'd be like, get, it would be the end of his career. Wouldn't That's it? what Westbrook did this season, though. He played himself into shape well, for two you months. You know, but, but anyway, it looked very different. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, the point is, they say that the Houston guy in the first round. How many more years do they keep going with the... I mean, this... This Harden-Westbrook thing isn't a long-term deal to me. It can't be. They're going to win in the next few years if they're going to win, right? We all agree on that. So 
I wonder where that eventually leads them, the Hardens thing, because I don't think they're going to win a championship. And in that case, how long do they keep trying to? I guess is my question. I, I feel like Harden is always going to be with Houston, but the, mm-hmm. I don't think Russ is always. I, I think Russ <laughs> was brought in so they can win a championship now or within the next two years or so. I, like you said, I completely, I don't do not think this is a long-term thing at all. I definitely don't think Westbrook has more stake in Houston than Harden does. I feel like their long-term future is with James Harden and they're going to ultimately build around him. But like as soon as Westbrook, like once they get to the point where they feel like this thing is not working, he's out. Like I'm telling you. I agree. Yeah. The, the, thing, the thing with Westbrook is one, he's got like three years left on his deal. So tough it, yeah, it's a very, <laughs> it's a tough contract to trade. Like Houston had to, I mean, look, people thought the Chris Paul contract was bad and untradeable. Houston attached draft picks with Chris Paul to get Russell Westbrook. Houston's going to have to attach more draft picks to try to get Westbrook potentially out of there. He's been good in Houston, at least since January before everything kind of shut down. Like he was really, really good. The coaching change is what will happen first because D'Antoni, they haven't even re-signed him anyway. Um, poor. So that poor man with his, <laughs> with his no center free ball. I mean, bless his heart. He sees it. He sees doom on coming, doesn't he? He can tell. Yeah. You know, when he's sending Covington out there, guard Jokic, he sees the writing is on the wall. <laughs> he's, he's like, look, I got nothing to lose. I'm get, they're done with me at the end of the season anyway. So I may as well do all this uh, small ball playing a small forward at a at a center type deal. Um, Westbrook and Harden. It's tough to blow up because of Westbrook's contract and then Harden, I don't know if you can just trade James Harden. James Harden's got to first pull back the reins a little bit and just not be willing to just, all right, I want to ISO all day and get my points. Like he's got to actually try to play within some type of a system. Cause imagine if James Harden didn't just stand at the center court while Westbrook exactly. dribbles, like if he stood in the corner and got some of these open corner threes. Like, he'd be amazing. His gravity off ball would be insane. Yeah. He would pull defenses around without touching the ball. This is what this is the part of his game that is like... I mean, we all talk about it. It's not under discussed, but it's just... I would love to see the impact. I mean, that's the thing with Steph, right? Steph's out there. He's impactful without touching the ball. Because everyone is like, moves. okay, make sure. Yeah, just make sure he's moving off ball all the time. So, you're right. I just don't know if... Um, it's not going to happen with D'Antoni. He's very much resigned to just dribble it through your legs and shoot freeze, James, and then watch the other guy do it. You know, that's just the way yeah. it is. Tony, he, he never won a championship, right? No. Like, he's never won a championship. Like, but when you look at, like, the teams he's coached, like, he's always had, like, these, like, Western Conference final slash, like, Exciting Eastern Conference finals. Team. Like, yeah. he's, like, re- like, really good teams, but, like, they just cannot get over the hump for whatever it is. Like, even with that Knicks yeah. team, everybody thought that was the – that, that, that was going to be the team. That was going to be the, the year Dan Tony finally got his, and it, it just didn't work. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, man. It just felt like that's, like, the story of his career. He always has these really good teams that's only good enough to make it to the, the conference finals, but never enough to make it to the actual NBA finals. I think this whole thing will, in history, be looked at as, you know, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. It, it, it will be, right? That's yeah. what we're going to look at. I mean, it's such an interesting thought. I, there's a part of me that thinks the Warriors just win. Because I just, a part of me thinks the Warriors are always eventually going to come up against Houston because there's something about the culture of those two teams, those particular teams, you know, the franchise in general. I just think there was something about um, Chris Paul almost felt destined to, to, like, it fall through his fingers in that case. You know, it's a shame. It's been really nice to see him kind of revive his reputation. 
because he's a tremendous player, all-time great player. It's just, I don't know if him and Harden were ever destined to win that championship. I know that sounds silly and cliche, but when you're playing against Steph, Clay, and Durant, it's like, I don't know if they ever closed yeah. that deal. I really don't, honestly. No, it's, it's crazy that, like, like we, we're talking about these teams, but, like, I, I think Milwaukee, like, everybody, uh, Milwaukee's number one, right? They're number yeah. one in yes. the whole NBA. But, like, I feel like Milwaukee, I feel like they're not an NBA championship team. Like, I, 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 really, I, I, I do think they're a really good team, but I'm, like, just Giannis, I feel like he's a really, really great player, but, like, he's not a closer. Like, I don't think they can go to Giannis when it's clutch time and they need him to knock down that yeah. big shot. I don't think he's that type of guy. And he might be the same thing. Yeah. I'm with you. I just, I'm almost embarrassed by my take on it. I, like, <laughs> I, think I shouldn't feel that way. But I do. I think that's the the most disappointing thing about this season. It's like Milwaukee was historically good this year. Like all their yeah. uh, advanced stats, all their ratings, their net ratings and stuff. Like historically good. And Giannis was en route to another MVP. Um, the East, mm-hmm. look, the East wasn't as good as it was last year. The the Raptors weren't as good because they don't have Kawhi. Um, the the Sixers are who they are. The the Celtics weren't as good. Um, like I think Milwaukee's coming out of the East, and then you know, okay, who do you play in the finals? Probably the Clippers or the Lakers. And can they beat those two teams? I think that like I think Giannis is the best player in the league. I think it's overstated that he's like not a closer, some type of choke artist or anything because he's only That's 24, 25. Yeah. And yeah. It, it happened last year. Okay, they didn't win last year. They were up 2-0 on Toronto. They mm. they couldn't close game three. That swung. Fred Van Fleet had a kid and then all of a sudden turned into Michael Jordan. And, and like yeah. that swung like everything right there. But Giannis is still young. He, he looked hungrier than ever this season. Chris Middleton is... I believe underrated Bledsoe. He's good. Uh, Budenholzer, very good coach. I here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not I'm doubting the Milwaukee. And Giannis. we all agree, if we were starting a franchise tomorrow, we go with Giannis as that guy, right? If you I have everyone, yes. Shea Gilgis Alexander, but then maybe Giannis. <laughs> here's the question: I Forget franchise, long term, all that business. You got to have a star player for one series that starts in a month. Do you take Giannis over LeBron? Or Kawhi. I take Kawhi first. In that long term, Giannis, sure. But to win me a series in this year, Kawhi's the guy, I think personally. I'm going Kawhi. I'm taking yeah. LeBron. I'm going Kawhi. One series, I'm, I'm taking LeBron. Look, I agree that Giannis is the, the detriment is that he hasn't done it in the playoffs. But Everybody's got to fail before they actually succeed. You know, everyone has a knock on their playoff resume. Kevin Durant, imagine if we we had this conversation in 2016, we'll say, after the Thunder blew a a 3-1 lead. By the way, I'm talking about this, Joe. I should never talk about this series. It it haunts me to this day. The fact that I'm talking about this means that at some point you have to talk about WrestleMania 34. Uh, So 2016, (laughs) after Durant... Uh, and the Thunder blew that series. And then you're talking, okay, Durant or Kawhi? Like, who are you taking? Because remember, Durant and the Thunder beat the Spurs that yes. uh, in that playoff series. But Kawhi had an MVP, had a, uh, a finals MVP, and had a championship. Like, would you have taken Kawhi then? Would you have taken LeBron? I mean, LeBron had the 3-1 comeback. But... No, no, look, you're 100% right. I, everything you said is true. And the, the main thing, your point, 
of all the great players have to take their knocks is just the facts. That's the truth yeah. of it. Him not being a winner already doesn't mean he's never going to be a winner. Uncertain. I'm just saying, I think there is a reason. Um, there's so many great players in the league, right? And when you have two of the best teams in the league fronted by two players that have proven that to be champions and lead teams championships, I just think that's naturally why we disregard them. The truth is, guys, the Bucks are probably the best team in the league, okay? And there's a very, especially in an empty building, there's a very good chance they're about to become NBA champions. <laughs> it's just, we need to see it, I guess. I guess that's how our, our dumb brains work, right? We have to see it, and then we're like, yes, number one. That's, then, I guess that's the way it works. Then there's going to be an asterisk around on their championship. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah, I'll make like, sure I, of that. I'll make sure I, of that. I, <laughs> The, the the one thing one thing I'm really interested to see about this you know the NBA season continuing is how the Jazz are going to play with Gobert and Mitchell like yeah I'm, give I'm, me I'm, them in the I'm, first I'm, round give I'm, me them like in the first really round in, just like them as a whole you know with everything that happened like I'm just like real interested to see how that team like even jails like I mean of course we we don't like they probably patch things up in private but like as far as the public goes you know <laughs> it, 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 it seems like everything is the exact same it was as you know as before. I'm not convinced they've patched things up privately, <laughs> honestly. Uh, Jeremy, I mean, well, that's I have a, a question for you. Carry on, carry on with that. Oh, that's a first round matchup. The Jazz and the Thunder. It might change after they play the eight games, but give yeah. me that series. I have a question. Which traumatic experience would you rather me delve into? The Sixers Raptors <laughs> game seven or WrestleMania 34? Uh, since we're technically a wrestling podcast, I, I want the WrestleMania we 34. Are? Yeah, we apparently, are. even though we've just talked basketball what, for the last what, half hour. What was, what was the thing about WrestleMania 34 that you hated? Or that well, Jeremy, just, or that, what, 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 Jeremy, did you hate WrestleMania 34 or Joe hates WrestleMania 34? Oh, Joe was there. Joe was oh, there, and okay. it, it ruined his... Let's do this now, actually. This is going to be the show. This is going to be amazing okay. because... By the time everybody listens to this, I'll be on the beach. Uh, I don't know what my mind state will be when this airs. And then Joe's going to have to deal with all these tweets, and I can just ignore all of them. And I'm looking forward to this. So Joe was there, and this just ruined Joe's wrestling experience. Yes, it did. Now, (laughs) I've told you this off air, Jeremy, correct? I have gone into this. A little bit, but I, yeah, 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 you have. Boy, um... (laughs) I went. Thank you, I Andrew. Got, I stepped foot on the. I stepped foot on the plane. Uh, that that time, I, I did a whole trip. We did a road trip across your great country, and you know, I, I was so optimistic, guys. I was so um, confident that I was about to have a great time. You know, we roll into New Orleans, and it's like Hall of Fame. Yeah, maybe Hillbilly Jim went a bit long. Still a good night. You know what I mean? Like it was fun. NXT Takeover, one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. WrestleMania time. Okay, and you roll into this stadium, and you're you know what you're getting yourself in. There's, there's eight, eight hours ahead of you, seven hours, whatever it's going to be. And the show is going pretty well. You know, it's, it's going okay. Uh, Nia didn't kill Alexa. Daniel <laughs> Bryan came back. Uh, the Intercontinental Title match was good. And I, I think I've said this before, but the bit I remember vividly is I went on social media after the Nia Alexa match, and Voices of Wrestling, good account, follow them. They tweeted. Um, with AJ versus Shinsuke left, the Braun surprise partner and the main event of Roman and Brock, this is set to be an all-time great WrestleMania. Phone runs out of battery, I'm like, we've won. We have done it. We are now <laughs> at the summit. We have gotten through all the bad stuff. We are here, we have arrived, we have classics ahead of us, right? 
So the video package is playing for AJ and Shinsuke, and I'm so excited. Two of my favorite wrestlers. I love their Toko Oh, match. man. I know where this going. I, I, I sit on myself down in my chair. You know, I'm sitting next to my brothers, and it, all of a sudden, I just... This beach ball stopped flying around me, and I'm very scared. I'm very, very scared of this moment. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why the audience decided they don't care about this match anymore. And to this day, I have never rewatched that match, and I cannot tell you one thing about it. I have no idea what happened, but people were doing the wave next to me. I was sitting in the middle of waves, sitting still, and I was like, I think AJ and Shinsuke are in a bad match. And my brother was saying, he's like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but no one's watching it. And I was looking around. It was, it was anarchy. I was very scared at this time because it had all gone wrong all of a sudden. But we get to the end of the match. They do a cool heel turn, people pop, whatever. Okay, Braun's going to have a surprise partner. Who could it be, Andrew? It could be it could be Samoa Lashley. Joe. Lashley. It, could be, it could be Lashley. It could be Lashley. <laughs> who we've been told has been spotted in a nefarious place in New Orleans, which I'll not name out respect for the man, but I had a scoop on it in New Orleans. I was ready for Lashley. Okay? <laughs> okay? I, so I'm so excited. It's a surprise. They can't miss on a surprise. Then Braun walks into the crowd. He's picking out children. This is now, suddenly, this is becoming a nightmare experience. Okay, It's getting very bad. I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm very worried. And then, you know, you get to the internet and you kind of go, well, you know, it was fun. Kids would have liked it. And out comes poor Roman Reigns. And I, listen, I love Roman Reigns. Tremendous wrestler. The way the audience reacted to this man was like, they just hated everything about him. And it wasn't like, um, you know, like Cena at ECW One Night Stand where it's like a passionate hatred, where it's like good for the match. It was like, we would rather do anything than watch this man wrestle Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And it was worse <laughs> than AJ Shinsuke. People were doing the way. They were turning their backs. There was beach balls flying over my head. And the moment that I, it stuck with me forever, it will always stick with me. The match ended and we decided, you know, like it's getting out of a stadium, such commotion, right? Like everyone's trying to get out at once. It's just a nightmare. We was like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wait around for a bit. And I just watched thousands of people that looked like they had the worst night of their life just lumb walking past me some were holding their collector chairs in their hands you know the wrestlemania chairs they picked up not one person was smiling everyone looked depressed we then walked outside it's raining we stop at like a little food truck maybe we can eat a hot dog maybe that will help the night out i have never seen such mass depression in all my life i felt like i walked out it was terrible People were walking along. Kids were crying, Andrew. They were crying at what they'd seen at WrestleMania. And I got back, I got back to the hotel. And I remember sitting and I was just thinking, I can't believe they did a year-long build just to have Brock beat him again. I couldn't fathom what I'd seen. And honestly, this is the truth. For the next 18 months, I think I hated everything that happened in wrestling. Whether I believed it or not, it made me hate it. Because the thing about wrestling is, and you guys know, it's like when you go to a show, the idea is you have a fun time. And I left that show. I felt like it changed my life. I, I've never been so low. I was like, how did it all go so wrong for me? We was on such a good path. We had three great matches left, right? Mm -hmm. And ever since then, when anyone says to me, like, they're excited for a WWE match, I'm like, I have this like old man caution to me. I'm like, no. I remember AJ and Shinsuke at WrestleMania. <laughs> I, remember, I remember Brock and Roman. I thought there was no way they could go wrong. Like, it's just, it's so, they're the only promotion I think like that. I really do believe that, where you can actually watch one of their shows and leave it feeling like you're in a state of depression. It's an amazing thing they do. But I, sorry to ramble you guys, but it changed my life. It really yeah. did change my life. That, that, that was a top five story right there, for sure. <laughs> Top five story. No, but I, I agree with you on the AJ Shinsuke thing. I feel like people put way too much stock in, 
in, in with that what they expected that match to be. Yes. And then it, it like people were like, this is gonna be like one of the best matches, and they teased that for like a whole year. Yeah. Like leading up to that point, and it was just like when it happened, everybody was like, this is about to be like one of the greatest wrestling matches. Said, so, oh, speaking of what, speaking of the greatest wrestling match ever, <laughs> sh- shall we talk about this Edge Randy Orton thing that's going on right now? I, I-, I feel like this is. I truly feel like this is about to be a big swerve. Like on the week yeah. before backlash, they gonna be like, "Oh, somebody's injured." Uh, well, can't do can't do the match. And I feel like it's gonna be something like that. I said to Jeremy, I, "I'm convinced Owen's <laughs> gonna just Owen's gonna kick him in the dick at the first bell. <laughs> just get a steel chair and kill him." I, I'm certain of it. Like, there's no way they're doing this straight laced. They can't be doing this as a serious match, right? No, they they're gonna be. do. They're gonna do the RVD Jerry Lynn headlock takeover. Uh, low sweep, jump over, <laughs> double flip up, fist up, like you know, they're yeah, doing yeah. that whole opening sequence. Banging on the pixie glass. <laughs> Everyone in NXT is going crazy for this. That's the match that they're doing this Sunday. Just wait, Joe. Just wait. I um, uh, I think the Orton thing is incredible. I like. I'm a big Orton guy. Okay, I'm, hands up. You know this, Jeremy. I'm just making it clear to Andrew, but. The thing where everyone in the industry agrees he's the best wrestler in the world and he just doesn't have good <laughs> matches is the best gimmick ever. By far, right? Like, Ric Flair's like, maybe the best wrestler ever. And everyone's like, really? He believes that, though, I think. It's just, he's like wasted on this era almost. It's very strange. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here. Andrew messaged me um, last night and he's like, don't worry. We'll go like 15 minutes. It'll be good. I won't take up too much time. I was like, no, nah, dude. We're gonna go as long as we need to, and here we are, an hour later. And we're yeah, an hour later. Kind of. Yeah. Hour later. To be fair, I have to apologize. My my story was, in fact, forty minutes of the program. That, I'm pretty sure that story was excellent. No, we needed that story excellent. because I think it was cathartic for you, and it was. so it was. we one hundred percent needed it. And I don't think the story would have come out if Andrew wasn't on the podcast because I've tried to pull this out of you a couple of times <laughs> on the show and you're just like, one day I'll tell it, one day I'll tell it. And then it took Andrew and the Dream Team reunion for you to finally tell this story. It is. I mean, the ultimate thing about the story is that nothing actually happens to me. Does it? It's <laughs> actually a, a story of professional wrestling breaking a man that loves professional wrestling, which is the worst story of all in many ways. It's not like someone hit me or anything happened to me. I just sat and watched wrestling and it, it killed me. It murdered me. Bless me. I was like, it, I'm glad to get off my chest, guys. I appreciate you supporting me through that. It was tough. And, no, I, I did want to ask you know, somebody that was like that. Somebody that was actually there. Like, what, what was it like? Like the overall feel when when Charlotte tapped out Oscar. Well, for me, it was a massive victory because I didn't want Charlotte to win, but I had been telling people all weekend Charlotte was going to win. I was convinced of it. Mm. And I am not the sort of guy, Andrew, that will kind of, you know, just be like, oh, yeah, I was right about that. I was looking around, big grin on my face while everyone put their hands on their head. I mean, the thing is, with me like as a fan, it's like, that match was great. So I just, at that point, I just log out from the result almost. Does that make sense? I'm like, sure, yeah. man, I'll take the match. The match was, was great. So... It didn't surprise me, but there was yeah, there was some shock. There was a lot of Asuka masks being torn in half from the uh, from the poor Asuka fans, but yeah, it was wild. Andrew, where yeah. can the people find all of your work? Uh, just before we wrap up, the, the y'all mind if I just take this time to just briefly speak about what, what's been happening over the no. past week because right. it's, it's like on my mind yeah, and like I need it. to get. I, I've right. spoke about it previously, but like I just need to speak about it again. So of course, everybody knows about the protests and what's been going on in the, in the, in the death of George Floyd. Like, 
I, I feel like a lot of people, like I'm just speaking to the, the people who have yet to grasp, truly understand like what's going on and why people are riding and why mm-hmm. black people are so upset at what's going on out here is because this situation has happened so many other times. And there's been plenty of times, like when you look back at cases like Walter Scott, like, and that, that, that's the individual in uh, South Carolina, and he was shot by a police officer on camera and they filmed it. And like the police officer damn near got off. You know what I mean? It's like, it, 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 the situation happens so often. And like, even with the with the death of uh, George Floyd and the police and the four police officers who were involved being convicted, that is like, it, it, it's, it's become sort of a thing like where it does nothing for me or for, for plenty of others as well, because it's like, we've seen the situation where these officers get convicted and then nothing happens. And it's like, you gotta hold your breath and you gotta wait until like everything is finalized. And it's like, it's traumatizing as hell. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Like it really is like the fact that I can like literally watch a man, a black man get killed by an officer and not feel like anything. Like, and of course, of course you feel like the, the sadness and you feel like the anger and stuff like that. But it's like, I can literally watch these videos straight through, no pause and then just like go back to whatever I was doing or like, divert my attention because I'm so used to seeing it and it's like really disheartening too. and like especially when I gotta you know you go on social media and then you see people you know when you tweet out a situation you see how something like Black Lives Matter and then you know you see people with the all with the response all lives matter and like I, I, I'm, I'm learning to treat that as if somebody is not just educated on the topic instead of just immediately bashing them because like yeah. I, I'm trying I'm trying to be the mindset that some people, when they see Black Lives Matter, they truly think that what we're trying to say is only we matter, and that's not the case. We're like, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it all around. They're just saying all lives can't matter until we start mattering. You know what I mean? And, and like people take that and they say, "Well, how do you guys not matter when we're all equal?" Like I'm, I'm like, and I'm like trying to break this down to people. I'm like, we're, we're not. It's, it's just not like that. The system is not designed like that. And some people think that's BS. But it's just the the fact of what it is. There's just certain privileges that African Americans don't have within the system, and that's just mm-hmm. the way of the world. And of course, there you have your examples of people that make it through and they overcome that. But that's not the situation for everybody. Like, and and, and I, I don't want to compare like tragedies or anything like that. But it's like when you look at situations as if you know when you go back to um, the, you know the school shooting that happened in February of 2018 when a, when a, when a young dude ran into the school in Florida and he and he you know did what he did and like immediately after that happened the first thing that they ran to a court was you know mental health issues dating back to that you know broken home stuff like that and dude I know so many people so many of my close friends that come from situations like that broken homes like they like some some people like when you look at some of these people out here like even even black people that I know, some people seen some of their closest friends get killed right in front of them. You you think that's not traumatizing? Like that's done, that does something to your psyche and your mental. Like that's not. And these people don't go out here and commit stuff like that. But if they you know they they get judged a certain way by society. But like when you see a kid, you know a, a young white kid come through stuff like that, they they immediately jump to the mental health thing. Like we all don't have so some sort of mental battle, some sort of mental struggle, some sort of depression that we go through, we all deal with it. Like we're human, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not anything wild to speak about. But like the thing I want people to understand is like, just on these specific topics, man, just listen to black people when they're trying to educate you on what's going on out here. Because as much as you want to understand, it's like no way 
that you can possibly understand. You just can't like you can. But the best thing that you can do is just educate educate yourself on the topic as best as, as best as you can be and try to speak to your black friends about what's going on out here so you can fully understand. And that way you can pass it on to those who may not understand it on the level that you have grown to understand it at. And that's that that's just the, the thing that I just wanted to get out there. Like it's it, it, it's like really just a cycle of stuff. And, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm frustrated as hell. Like, it, and it's always like, it's every time this happens, it's just like, you just wait with bated breath for like, okay, the police officer's gonna get off and then it's gonna be another ride. And then a, another thing is gonna happen where another black man loses his life and it's on camera and then nothing happens. And then like, it's like, it, 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 it like I mentioned, it, it's traumatizing as hell, bro. And it's like really annoying and frustrating just to see that it takes my, my people just to, we, we got an uproar and backlash like this and, 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 and basically just tear shit apart just for us to get the attention of the powers that be and like, stop killing us. Like, it, it, we gotta do all, we got, literally gotta do all this for this simple task to tell people, tell the officers to stop killing us. Like, it, I, 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 it's like baffling, like the fact that these are the links that need to be taken in order for this simple message to get through. And it's like, the, like they would rather completely fight us back then just stop killing us. Like they, they, they were rather like I've seen like these crazy videos in in in, in Washington D.C. where I'm not too far from, and it's just like I see officers like they they were cornering the protesters in like from all blocks. They had every block uh, cut off, and they they were like boxing in the protesters, and the protesters had to like go into people's houses just to hide out because the cops were starting to throw tear gas and all this stuff. And I'm like, like it's just crazy to me how like y'all would just rather fight us back instead of just stop just comply and just stop killing us like and, and i look i my, one of my mother's friends is a, is a police officer i don't, don't want to i don't know if i don't want to keep you know taking up too much no, of you guys no. time and stuff. Uh, uh, but like it, it's like one of my mother's friends a cop and like it, 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 it i i get that some officers of most officers it, it's a job where you leave the house every day and it's a possibility that you might not come back home that's just the reality of what it is but like dude that is the, that's what comes with the job. That's what it is. That's what comes with the job. You you literally join that, knowing the thought that you might not be able to come home that night, you know, or come home whenever you whenever whenever it's time for you to you know go back to you know off duty. But like the fact that black people also feel that way when they are around cops, like the fact that we leave the house and it's like, well, you know, anything happen, you know, we we might not be able to come back to the house that day because we might have a run in with the officer. Like, I remember one time and I told this story on a podcast that I did this past Monday on post. And I remember I was coming down the street from to, to my mother's house from the uh, the train station. And it was a police officer. He was sitting at a U-turn and I had my bag with me. And I was coming from my grandmother's house and I had an overnight bag. And I remember the police, like, he was sitting in the car and he asked me, he was like, what are you doing around here? And I'm like, you, you know, just, just, like, just the fact that you even add, like, meanwhile, my mother lives four minutes down the street. And I'm like, the, like, the fact that you would even propose that question to me you know what i'm saying like the mm -hmm. like because and, and, and it's, it's it's ridiculous like the fact that officers react to black people just in that manner of the of the like like i i i just want to know like like why is like in the police force is it like this thing that you want to target black people like i i just never understood it like it's like within the police force it's like it's a recurring thing of this just happening and happening and happening and happening and it's like it just never stops as a non 
like a nonstop cycle of this stuff just happening over the years. And then it just frustrates me more that you we're even seeing stuff like stuff that happened in February that is just now being brought to the light. Like and had there not been a social media uproar, you wouldn't even see these things. And the media wouldn't even be able to to get in contact and then, you know, this stuff wouldn't get taken to trial. And it's like even with the trial, nothing is done. So like like and, and I, I'm I'm truly hoping that the, the 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 officers that took the life of George Floyd are, are, are they they're jailed. I, I I really do because if they don't, like I, I like I, I'm like just not even just as a person like I, I'm like it, it is not gonna be good out here. Like if these dudes get off and they they don't go to jail because that's like it, it's it's it, it just frustrates people the fact that you have this clear evidence, this clear as day evidence of this man literally killing this man on camera last couple of words i can't breathe like they're killing me he's literally saying this they're killing me and then he dies on camera and then like you have this clear evidence and you still have this long awaited trial this long drawn out trial like like they're like like you've seen some of the reporters on cnn say like it should be a quote-unquote slam dunk case meaning that it should be easy in and out they go to jail, case over, that's it. But that's not the reality of the situation because there's like this, just this thing within the system where they won't allow it to happen. Like, I remember I even heard one of the reporters talking about how like, um, you, you know, as far as the jury goes, like they don't like to use the video because there's like some type of bias within that. And I'm like, dude, that's like, that's like ridiculous. Cause that's the whole point is to use the footage. Like that. that's literally the whole, the whole thing about it but like when you see and you hear stuff like that as a black man bro it's frustrating as hell and it makes me mad because like i'm just like i just can't put it past my head like why this is the way it is you know what i'm saying like and, and you find yourself saying oftentimes like bro, like what the hell did black people do to be in this position you know what i'm saying like you look at throughout history and just what america is and and how black people have been treated progressively just over the years and over the like it, it, it's just crazy to me. Like like when you, I can go back and listen to people like Stokely Carmichael, who were like, who was like, he was a black activist, and like I highly recommend it. anybody go listen to his stuff. And like you hear some of the stuff that he's talking about, and it's so relevant to what's going on today. Like nothing has changed. It's like you you would think that the racism would like die down, but it's like it's become more blatant. And I don't want to get into too much. The po- I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to get into the, the politics thing, but it's like it's seeing as how Trump is coming to office. It's like the racism is just elevated, and people feel more comfortable with being blatantly racist. And it's like he's it, exciting this stuff, and it's it just like it, it, it's just not good, man. And I'm 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 tired of it. I know so many black people are tired of it. Um, you know, I, I always see you two guys, you know, retweet and stuff, and like I always appreciate that stuff. It, it means a lot. Like, and you know. For, I'm 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 trying to be like, you know, courteous to people who are like not so vocal on social media as far as like they don't know what to say or what to do. And I understand that like I'm I'm not one of those guys that's gonna be like, oh yeah, you need to speak up and you need to do this. Because I mean I understand, but some people it's uncomfortable and some people don't really know what to say. So some people just take different actions, like they just retweet stuff, or some people donate or they 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 sign petitions. But like, don't like stay completely silent on the topic because it's like you it's it's impossible to ignore what's going on out here like literally every state in the country is riding you have people in the united kingdom with joy that they are like literally uh, protesting 
they are doing that. You have people in Scotland and 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 and, and all these different countries, all over various parts around the world that are literally sick of the same thing happening all over again to black people. Like this is gone on too long, and the fact that it takes all of this just to get the attention is is like sickening. Instead of us just saying like stop, stop killing us. So like you know, and and, and just the last thing I wanted to touch on, I feel like there's a a, a great deal of young white men and women like of our generation that's like really sick of this shit too like i mean a curse i'm sorry but they, they like they, they sick of it too like they really are and i think that's being a great help because their parents their grandparents are the ones that's in the position of power so like when they see their young children speaking out against this stuff it, it may be able to make a difference you know what i'm saying because like and, and it's sad that i, I feel like that like because we, we we need these young white men and women to speak up and, and stand on the cause that, that that we're trying to push through because it, like obviously we can't get it done ourselves so it's like it's just disheartening at this but at the same time i'm glad seeing so many young white men and women starting to step up and and, and speak against some of the values that's like in place for them to succeed and and like about like basically getting rid of those those traditions and values so like yeah man it's it, it's a lot and I'm I'm frustrated as hell. I'm tired. This week and drained the hell out of me. Like I'm like exhausted. Honestly, like it, it was. I'm glad I got to come on here and talk the NBA stuff with y'all and you know talk the wrestling stuff because that's like a big d- distraction. I know that's weird because the podcast is called distraction, but like like it it, it really is because like this like stuff is like just numbing like to me honestly because it's like I see this stuff all the damn time and it's like it's just like th- like this like never never stops like ever so like i'm 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 glad to see like the whole most of the country come as a whole and you know of course you still got your few out there but like is like i'm glad to see people just coming together for this and like hopefully this turns out the way that we all but most of us think it should turn out because like if it doesn't like this is like going to be tremendously bad and like like for people who think that what is going on is bad now let these dudes get off. You ain't seen nothing yet. Like it is going to be horrible out here. Like terrible. So, man, just listen to to black people when they trying to educate you this stuff on social media, and just be aware and just watch what you say, man. And you know that that's pretty much it. Because a young brother is tired, and I'm frustrated, and I'm annoyed, and I just want to be treated as an equal. And like amongst, I want to be viewed as an equal amongst the country. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just being viewed as lower, less than because just just off the simple fact of my skin color, like that that is like baffling to me. Like that is still even a thing. But like, you know, that's 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 like all I got to say about it. I ain't mean for the long rant, but like don't I need to get that out. Yeah. That so. was um. Don't don't apologize for that. That was quite exceptional i mean that seriously like that is not um a flow of consciousness like that is not easy you know and i think it and i don't want to get um i don't want to step on what you just said because i can't right that's the truth of it like you've said everything that needs to be said but if you listen to this and you know you can't understand if you don't empathize at least then like i don't, I don't know what more you need because that was um that was yeah that was exceptional man was yeah, thank you for for saying all yeah. that. It needs to be said. Joe and I were not the people to say it. 
no yeah you shouldn't be listening to us on this topic like andrew said listen to someone like him listen to your black friends do whatever you can do whether whether it is donating whether it is retweeting you know don't stay silent protest go out and do those things but listen to your black friends because this is obviously this has been going on for a long time and it needs to stop and it's a shame that it's taken something like this for for it to boost to this level but hopefully things and change just, you know and, and just on the and just on the lighter side for for a quick laugh stop asking wrestlers to speak on these things <laughs> <laughs> yes yes please for the yeah. just, just, just for uh, the fan perspective side of it save yourself and do not ask them to speak on these things because i have not seen one good case of some like I, i've seen maybe a few but like just the others like people just completely putting their foot in their mouths and like just just stop asking like so, like I, i've like and even celebrities man like i've seen so many like celebrities they just like oh I think my the, the thing is man is the you know the the they a lot of not all of them some of them mean well they are just right. not right. actually capable of yeah doing it without making themselves look worse than they ended you know what i mean i I, I, I understand why in some some cases it's obviously worse than others clearly but uh, I'm with you. I, you know, I don't think we need to be uh, worrying about those, those people are not the, the concern here, right? That's the truth. Of it. This is this is a lot more than just your blue tick tweets. That mm. is not the story here. But um, yeah, that was a, that speech, man. That was you should be proud of that. That was that was a very sincere uh, plea. I hope everyone listening to this took something from that. I really do. Much love, man. I yeah. needed to get that out. That was like sitting on me, like. <laughs> for like the past two days, bro. Like I don't need, forget like, to plug your like... stuff, though, man. We, we <laughs> send it to you as a plug, you know. Don't forget <laughs> to get your. Like, make sure people. I want to say this much, okay? If you didn't know Andrew before this, I'm not doing a bit here. This is a joke I do with Andrew all the time. This is serious, okay? Honestly, I'm pretty certain that in a handful of years he will be wrestling media. I think Jeremy will co-sign this. This guy is gonna is the future of what we talk about here. I think if he's not the standard bearer in a handful of years, I think we've done something wrong. I mean, I mean that, honestly. So if you don't follow him already, you don't know about him, change that. I am consuming this stuff all day long, and he will still do these news posts, and there will be not one story I even knew before. And I'm in this world, you know. He's, um, he's the absolute top, and uh, you just got to follow him. That's all I would say. 100% agree. And, I'm again, I'm glad you said something. Andrew, you know you have my number anytime oh, yeah. we talk. Yeah, yeah, we, sure. we talk all the time. Um, but, yeah, again, plug, plug everything. Say anything you want to say. Again, the, the platform's yours, buddy. Uh, you know, for, for, first and foremost, let me you know thank y'all for bringing me on the pod. You know, this was a, a real good time. I'm glad I got to come on here. Hopefully we could do this again. Like that, This was actually like a real stress reliever, and especially after, you know, just – getting you know just letting everything out that i just let out like i, I kind of feel like I, I i feel like i go like well, I'm, I'm you know what, I'm, I'm gonna go watch the challenge after this hey, like I watch, text I, me and, about and I, that later we gotta talk <laughs> about that okay <laughs> and, and, and I, I feel like i could talk like i could just watch it without being like annoyed because i feel like i've been like real tense over the last couple of days like just like i, I don't mean to keep going bro but like it's like i'm, I'm not like for, y- y'all know me y'all follow me on social media i'm not like Super like, like, I, I'm I'm 
fairly private for the most part. Like I, I think so. But like it, I, I like to come on podcasts and stuff and like really get everything out. And I feel like that's the best way for me. I can't like formulate this stuff in a tweet. Like I can't get all of this out in a tweet. I need to be able to verbalize it because I feel like that's what I do best is when I verbalize the on my, my thoughts about these situations. But like, you know, I'm glad that y'all brought me on. You know, it's always a good time speaking with y'all. Like this ain't no just no podcast thing. I, I talk to y'all off the podcast frequently so you know and i'm glad to have y'all as friends and you know for, for, for fellow members of the wrestling media as well but you know most importantly just friends so you know uh, much love and respect to both of y'all y'all know i enjoy y'all work joe you a feature killer jeremy you one of the best news writers i know have a great podcast and you guys just kill it all the time so you know much love to both of y'all and you know i'm supposed, I'm supposed to be plugging myself right now y'all just told me shot but, but, but y'all know how it is, man. It's it's all love. I'm not really, you know. Yeah, y'all can follow me on Twitter at uh, AD Thompson underscore underscore. And then uh, my YouTube channel, Andrew Thompson Interviews. And then, you know, you can check out my work at Post Wrestling. And, you know, that's it. There you go. Like Joe said, if Andrew's not at the... We, we joke about it, and I don't think it's always a joke. We're overthrowing jo, um, John. We're overthrowing Sean. <laughs> and we're going to take this thing over. And then in a few years, we'll be the bitter melter of, of the game. That's our uh, that's our joke. But yeah, Andrew, the absolute best. Again, I think I'm good. People tell me I'm good. Andrew's better than me. Andrew is the absolute top of the top, in the words of uh, Nipsey Hussle. Um, Andrew, thank you for, for coming on because we love you, buddy. Buddy. Um, Joe, thank you as always for the show. We will be back on Saturday with the the TEW series. Thanks everybody for the support. Go out there, do what you can to support everything that is going on with uh, racial injustice. And thanks again everybody for listening. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy eighty percent lean ground beef for three forty nine a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for seventy seven cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.